0: from Radio Row at the 2023 NHL Entry Draft at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, you're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Okay, take two after uh, power went out right. Legitimately, the power on our row just went completely out as soon as we were coming on the air welcome to nashville tennessee and welcome to bridgestone arena for day two of the 2023 nhl draft pat steinberg aaron vickers on radio row on the draft floor getting ready for round two through seven uh, just as we were uh, going on the air and just as we were getting things started i was ready to do some math for you i had the calculator out everything ready to go and then bam we went dead what i was gonna say is 32 picks down 192 to go including five of 192 owned as it stands right now by the calgary flames uh, we're available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts and of course live right here on sportsnet 960 the fan we have got extensive comprehensive complete and exclusive coverage of day two of the nhl draft coming your way here on sportsnet 960 the fan we uh well we saw 32 picks made on day one in round one mr vickers aaron vickers from fc hockey pat steinberg along with you and uh those 32 picks There were some surprises. There were some jumps. There were things that that maybe got jumbled around. Nothing surprising at number one. Nothing really surprising in the top three. Samuel Hanzek goes number 16 to the Calgary Flames. And we had zero trades in the first round for the first time since 2007. Not a single pick moved in the first round
2: i'm going to do some math in my head on the fly i'm hoping that is correct but that is 16 years between yep. first rounds where we have not seen a transaction come from the draft floor and that was one of the more surprising storylines i guess if you really want to look at it that there was not one first round pick move there was not one player moved and it really just speaks to the depth of the first round and the teams being very comfortable with their lists getting the guys that they want getting their tiers and ledges built out to the fact where if they've got two, three, four guys, teams are comfortable not having to move up to get their guy, not moving down because they don't want to lose the guy that there's currently slotted on their list. Interesting in the fact that there wasn't one, but I don't mind the drama when Gary Bettman steps to the stage and announces there's a trade to be had. No,
1: but I don't, I, I gotta be honest with you, like, is it surprising? Well, yeah, of course, when something doesn't happen for 16 years, it's a little surprising, but it felt like, the price that was going to be paid to move up or move down and definitely the price to be paid just to acquire a pick without using another first round pick was going to be so high so extensively high in this year's draft that first round picks were going to be really difficult to move and and just knowing what this draft was thought to be knowing what teams thought of this draft coming into it I wasn't super surprised that we did not see a lot of trade movement involving first round picks because it just felt like it was going to be something that, um, it felt like something that was gonna be a little more rare or a little bit more difficult to come by. Turns out there were none. I thought there might be more than that, but. That's what, that's what it felt like, that's what a lot of people were talking about coming into round one of this year's draft.
2: Yeah, I wondered if the Nashville Predators, being the host, would find a way to make a splash. The St. Louis Blues had three picks in the first round and made three picks, so that was kind of curious. They didn't feel the need to move. Listen, the acquisition cost is very important, But isn't, and, just, and just
1: before you go any further, isn't that a really good indicator that St. Louis had three picks and used them all? Yeah. Not to say it's ever bad to use your picks, but there was a lot of buzz that St. Louis might use one or two of those picks and and try to pick up NHL players as a result and they did not
2: I think it just speaks to honestly the depth of the class and the type of player you're gonna get. Even selecting at twenty nine was their third and final pick of the first round, picking a defenseman in Theo Lindstein who they clearly feel can translate to a top four defenseman. And in the cap age, if you can bring in players on entry level contracts and the St. Louis Blues will have the ability to do three of those in the coming, you know, two, three seasons. They're not necessarily gonna make an immediate impact, but you get young cost controlled assets, that really helps set your franchise up and the St. Louis Blues uh, certainly were able to do that. I think it, to a little bit of the extent it speaks to the depth of the class in the sense that even if it didn't cost you a first rounder to move up, maybe you had to give up your first and a second round pick in order to jump two three four spots and teams are identifying as the draft plays out. Oh we still like everybody that's on our list here. Do we really want to sacrifice a guy that maybe you know is in the top 15 or top 20 of our list that's still there that might be there in the mid second round? You evaluate and you go, okay, well, in this ledger, in this tier, we've got two or three options. So we're comfortable with any of those guys should they fall to us. And we're not willing to sacrifice jumping. And, you know, we've got that tier already established. So we're comfortable with any one of those guys why give up a guy in your next year to, to facilitate to make it happen if you're comfortable with your groupings
1: uh we are about two minutes from the official start of the second day of the draft here in nashville 2023 nhl draft coming at you live from bridgestone arena in nashville tennessee we are brought to you by our two great sponsors thanks to south trail chrysler where it's jeep month at south trail chrysler with tons of cherokee grand cherokee and jeep wranglers in stock visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. and thanks to our friends At Calgary Lock and Safe. Summer is here and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe, CalgaryLockandSafe.com. With FC Hockey's Aaron Vickers, my name is Pat Steinberg. Bit of a stunted start, but I think we're good to go and hopefully we'll remain good to go for the rest of the morning and the afternoon. Yeah, 9:02, 9:12, rather, Calgary time is. Uh, when things are slated to start now the Calgary flames made their one selection on wednesday night in round one of the nhl draft they went to the vancouver giants of the western hockey league to take power forward power winger samuel hanzek i know there was a lot of questions about whether or not the flames saw hanzek as a center or saw him as a winger craig conroy saying after the draft when speaking to the media that he felt maybe more as a winger is where they project him right now but Sam Hanzek goes number 16 overall to the Calgary Flames on Wednesday night
2: yeah the left shot left wing from Slovakia stands in at six foot three 195 pounds the one thing that was emphasized to Craig Conroy on the rail after the first round of the draft was they absolutely love this player they love everything about the game that they identified if they had to uh, put a game plan a development plan for him it'll be some of the uh, lower body strength things of that sort but he is an excellent skater for his size he's great at puck possession he has this ability to attack the offensive zone then peel back and wait for things to open up the calgary flames are really exciting what they've got in Samuel
1: the flames now are set to make five other selections on day two of the nhl draft starting with the 48th overall selection in round two where i also know they feel like they still have some players high on their board that could uh, still fall to them at number 48 the other picks the flames will be making as it stands right now trades notwithstanding but they are slated to also pick 80th overall in the third round 112th overall in the fourth round 176th overall in the sixth round and 208th overall in the seventh round. But the first pick for the Flames will be 48th overall. Uh, there'll be 16 picks into round number two. Welcome this is uh, Deputy Day Commissioner the Bill Daly,
3: NHL Draft, during which our clubs will make their selections in the second through seventh rounds. Let's get right to it. The first selection in the second round of the 2023 draft, 33rd pick overall, belongs to the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim, you're on the clock.
1: A little bit uh, less verbose than Gary Bettman's welcome to the first round of the NHL draft. But uh, one thing I would say, if you're uh, new to draft coverage, round one goes slow. They have three minutes before. Between picks and uh, it, it goes very, very um, it's it's more of a made for TV event. Day two it flies as Anaheim's about to make their first pick.
3: From Seattle of the
1: WHL, Neil Nico Myadovic. And the other difference in What you see from day one to day two, nobody goes to the podium. By the way, the the Ducks were on the clock for 29 seconds before they made that pick. That's how quickly it goes. They don't run down the whole three minutes. um, And they make the picks from the tables as opposed to making the picks on the podium. So it's a whole lot less made for TV than what you see in day one and what you see on the the really big event for the first 32 picks. So uh, the first pick of round number two goes to the anaheim ducks and uh, we are officially underway on day two of the nhl draft as columbus President goes up next. Michigan, gavin brindley So, Niko Majatovic goes to the Anaheim Ducks, 33rd overall, and then the top player on the FC Hockey Draft Board. Uh, The FC Hockey Draft Board is uh, our official draft board here at Sportsnet 960. The fan uh, was Gavin Brindley, and he is now off the board. He goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets at number 34 overall.
2: Yeah, it wasn't going to be a long wait for Gavin Brindley. We had him ranked number 15th overall. He was ranked number 23 among North American skaters by Central Scouting. He has one of the elite motors in the draft. He is always going. Legs are always moving. He's always working towards something, but he doesn't just work hard. He works smart as well. And he's a productive player as well. He was Adam Fantilli's teammate at Michigan. He had 38 points in 41 games. So there's some offensive upside to him too, but he's one of those guys that despite his size of five foot nine, 165 pounds, this right shot center can contribute with his smarts, with his compete at both ends of the ice.
1: So we are officially underway on day two. We're officially underway in round two of the NHL draft. We'll stick with you until the Flames make their pick at 48th overall. We'll dive into that, and then we'll probably take our first break of the day. But we want to make sure that we get you the Flames pick, and uh, you can uh, you, we can dive in. We get FC Hockey's uh, Aaron Vickers and his uh, expert take based on the FC Hockey draft guide. Then we can start to dive into the Flames draft class as it continues. Samuel Hanzek is the only member of their 2023 draft class so far with five more still to come what uh what might the Flames be looking at at 48th overall what uh we we talked a lot about depth we've talked a lot about the you know how how deep into the second even third round some of these really good players go what uh, what type of player could they be looking at at number 48 overall as
2: it says on our draft board right now we're still forward heavy but there's a foursome a fivesome of right wings that are still sitting on our board that could be of interest i'd be cur- very curious if the calgary flames opt to pick a defenseman it's no secret that uh their prospect pool on the blue line is a little thin uh jeremy poirier comes to mind yeah and kuznetsov Soloviev so i wonder if they sort of not necessarily address an organizational need but on their list they've got the the ledge set up where if there is a defenseman currently available in that that's the route that they look look to uh
1: and uh, as we continue along some of the top names are coming off the fc hockey board as uh, we've already talked about gavin brindley he went to the columbus blue Jackets, san jose at number 36 overall uh just took another top player off the board in casper casper halton and out of finland he goes to the san jose sharks six foot three 215 pound winger uh 36th overall to san jose the tampa bay lightning on the clock right now at 37 so we are already uh rolling through the picks at number 37 ethan goche goes 37 to the tampa bay lightning another top player on the fc hockey board Uh, the Sherbrooke product was number 29 on the FC hockey board he goes 37 to the Tampa Bay Lightning
2: yeah and he was a part of that run of the right wings as was Halton and that might be available to the Calgary Flames at their next pick as they get closer and closer to number 48 we're starting to see some of these top end guys that probably had a sleepless night last night after not hearing their name called not getting the big stage treatment but they're not waiting long today. Their their festivities are getting underway here in the first 15 minutes of the draft, and you can hear the cheers from the families and the players as soon as they're coming off the board. Not a long wait for the for guys like Brinley, Halton, and Ngochie to, to live out their draft dream.
1: Top player now on the FC hockey board is Andrew Crystal of the Kelowna Rockets, as the Arizona Coyotes are now up at 38th overall crystal does not come off the uh board there for number 38 overall so i'm i, I, I do uh the, the flames have in this year's draft they have got three more picks than they had all of last year they made just the three picks last year they didn't pick until the second round then not again until the fifth and the seventh round so it was a uh, very very sparse draft for the flames last year this year they have got three picks in the top 80, which is something in that third pick. They reacquired in the deal that sent Tyler Toffoli to the New Jersey Devils. But having three picks in the top 80, something that uh, really significant. And I know some of the Flames are are really happy about that they have three picks in the top 80 here.
2: Oh, absolutely. If you're a scouting staff, and particularly with that... Uh addition of the number 80 pick in the Tyler to Foley trade if you're an amateur scout if you're Todd Button the director of amateur scouting you want as many darts to throw at the dartboard as you can because to be perfectly honest once you get outside of the top 20 top 23 picks in the draft you're moving more and more and more towards coin flips and then into the second round and into the third rounds you're looking at you know maybe a 35 40 percent chance of hitting on a guy that's going to play 200 games So the more assets you have, the ability to make these picks and and get them into your organization and try to start the development path, the happier the scouts are going to be.
1: Andrew Crystal has gone off the board. He goes number 19 overall, not number 19 overall, number 40 overall to the Washington Capitals. He was ranked 19th on the FC hockey board, and that was the top player remaining or the highest player remaining on the FC hockey board, Kelowna's uh, Andrew Crystal goes number 40 to the Washington Capitals, Mr. Vickers.
2: 95 points for the Kelowna Rockets this year, one of the best in the draft, if not the best. At some small area games, some board work. He's absolutely exceptional in his vision and his stick handling. Issue is, is he's not the most fleet of foot skater. There's some massive development steps that need to be taken for him to be considered a legit blue chip prospect in the NHL. And the other issue is he only comes in at five foot ten, 167. So when you take the vitals and you take the fact that his right. skating needs considerable work. That's the reason why he was picked on day two and not day one.
1: First of three consecutive picks now for the Detroit Red Wings. They have 41-42-43 before uh, Chicago, Buffalo, a pair from Nashville, and then the Flames will make their first pick of day two of the draft. Uh, They've got number 48 overall. So the Red Wings making three consecutive picks. They start with Trey Augustine uh, at number 41 overall. And then this is when, you know, a lot of Flames fans will start to be looking at their list. Maybe they're uh, big fans of the FC Hockey Guide, as they should be and uh, they start crossing guys off the list You're like okay that i really wanted that guy i really wanted that guy trey augustine to the red wings at 41 overall
2: here's what's really interesting right now is we've seen three goalies go in the last six seven picks and adam Gagin who was the first one to go michael Horable who many thought would be the first goalie drafted this year and now trey augustine of the national team development program we're getting into that early second round goalie run that we've typically seen over the last couple of years it'll be interesting to see if it'll continue certainly won't with the next two picks i can't imagine the Detroit Red Wings are going to select two goalies in the span of three picks in the early second round but I'll be curious to see if there are more names that come off the board here in terms of goaltending
1: well I remember talking to Todd Button the um Director of amateur scouting for the Calgary Flames on Tuesday said, yeah, "Yeah, we we don't we don't we're, we're not picking a goalie in yep. round one, 16th overall. We don't project a goaltender there. It was going to be a forward or a defenseman. Obviously, it ends up being a winger. But uh, yeah, all of a sudden, round two is when you're starting to see the goaltenders go. In fact, the first pick of uh, round number, uh, sorry, the uh, not the first pick, but one of the first picks was was a goaltender, and now we're starting to see a little bit more of them. I wonder how many more could you project in round two here." like how many more would be able to fit into this category
2: well it's curious because we never really considered this a deep goaltending draft so even for us you know curious that we're starting to see the run early in the second and historically we've seen that happen but more likely these are picks that you know we value more in the third rounds and the fourth rounds so be curious to see if the uh, goalie list because it's probably going to be a separate goalie list from the from the regular list that the scouting staffs are working off of you start to get nervous about whether or not the guys you have ranked high on your goalie list are starting to come off, and that's what happens. That's that's what causes the runs. Go, this guy's gone. This guy's gone. Well, if we want our guy, if we want our third rank goalie, we want our second rank goalie. If we want our first guy still on there, it's looking like we need to take him now. And I think that's what we're starting to see here.
1: What is the uh, overall FC hockey philosophy on on goaltenders where they should oh, go? They're voodoo. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> I, and I, I'm curious because of that. Like it, we we've, we've seen a you know. Askarov and Spencer Knight and every once in a while there's those one or two guys that are clearly best in class but You you, you certainly, uh, you you certainly have seen fewer and fewer and fewer teams make those high picks into goaltenders in recent years, because, as you said, of how voodoo-like they can be.
2: Listen, uh, Sebastian Casa who is a Detroit Red Wings prospect, is an elite goaltending prospect. Wallstead from Minnesota is one. Askarov of the Detroit, or of the Nashville Predators, pardon me, is another. If a guy tends to be a franchise goalie then yeah take them in the first round if a guy you think has the potential to be maybe a 1a or a 1b well it's tough to give up a first round asset in that regard so for us we actually have an independent goalie staff of uh, sean richardson and kellen air that only scout goalies because goalies are such voodoo one's a former goalie one's the father of an ncaa goaltender who uh, coaches at schools. so we think they're voodoo i think they're voodoo uh, our goalie scouts probably think they're a little less voodoo and putting together their lists and understanding a little bit more about the position than I do. I will fully admit that because, again, they are absolutely nuts, both the scout and, you know, just the fact that you want to stand in front of a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot, hey, that's your choice. Good luck. Um But typically, you know what, if there's a goalie worth ranking in the first round that has franchise-defining talent, we'll do that. If not, we'll peel back a little bit.
1: Most recent pick was Detroit's, again, second of three consecutive. They went with uh, Sault Ste. Marie defenseman Andrew Gibson, 6'3", 202 pounds, out of the OHL. Before that, they went with goaltender Trey Augustine, who, uh, another member of that U.S. national development team that had a very good round one. The U.S. national development team was very well represented in Wednesday's first round, as we expected, that entire line that we talked about, uh, plus Oliver Moore. It was a very, very good. Uh, u.s national development team round one and now their uh, first second round pick is off the board we have a trade our first trade of the draft
3: detroit has traded this pick number 43 to nashville for picks number 47 and number 147 nashville
1: you're on the clock so Detroit trades down. They trade down four spots. Nashville moves up four spots. So this is now a Predators pick and there we go. It took us uh, 42 picks into this year's draft to get our first trade and boy was it a blockbuster. Let me tell you. I am I'm floored by that. Uh but it didn't take that long. It took until pick number 43 to get our first uh trade of this year's draft.
2: So I love this just simply for the fact that the Nashville Predators have a guy on their list that they've identified that's either fallen or that they're afraid won't fall to them because, again, they were moving back so, so far. There they go. They take Felix Nielsen. They have, this is a guy that is tops on their list that they went we're not comfortable that he'll be there the next time that we select so we've got to make a move to grab him
1: so felix nielsen is who the predators trade up to get they were at 47 they moved to 43 and felix nielsen is the player that they end up taking and that was as you said that's a guy they clearly didn't think was going to last beyond 43 and they end up going and getting him.
2: yeah and he's a left shot center six foot 176 pounds 24th among european skaters for nhl central scouting we had him at uh, 88, and he is just a two-way player that demonstrates impressive hockey IQ, great anticipation, he's a thinker of the game, and he's somebody that very clearly the Nashville Predators needed to get at that spot because he wasn't going to last long. They have the 46th pick coming up. They didn't think he was going to get there, so they make the move.
1: Uh, the Flames are now just a few picks away. We are at pick 45 overall with the Buffalo Sabres are on the clock. The last two picks, Felix Nielsen, 43 to the Nashville Predators, Swedish center. And then Roman, Roman Kansarov out of Russia goes number 44 to the Chicago Blackhawks. He's a 5'9", 176-pound winger. Uh, Buffalo Sabres are now the team on the clock. Of the USHL, Maxim Sturbeck. Maxim Sturbeck goes at number 45 to the Buffalo Sabres, which means two more picks until the Flames are on the board. Uh, as we uh, will dive a little bit more into each of these picks quickly because uh, these are the ones that are right before the Flames are picking. Uh, Predators are on the clock, but Maxim Sturbeck goes number 45 to Buffalo. Now,
2: there there are some intriguing options for the Calgary Flames here, just looking at our list and knowing that only two of them can come off the board. The Calgary Flames have a real, real good shot at getting a a massive player at number 48. Yeah, anybody that you've got. Riley Heights, 21 on our list. Jaden Perrin from the Chicago Steel and the USHL is 25. William Whitelaw, another USHLer. Etienne Morin, who's a defenseman, he would be a guy I'd look at as well as Bo Aki
1: uh Callan Lind goes off the board and he goes to the Nashville Predators so Callan Lind of the Red Deer Rebels goes uh number 46 to the Nashville Predators which puts the Red Wings back on the clock at 47. They were the team that, of course, traded down. Uh, They were at 43 and then moved down to 47 for this pick, the pick right before the Calgary Flames make their selection. Uh, We'll make sure we pick up the Red Wings pick, and then, of course, we'll bring you the Calgary Flames pick when they go number 48, their first pick of day number two here of the NHL draft. First of five picks the Flames are set to make. So uh, we are getting closer to number 48 for the Calgary Flames here uh, at the draft on the draft floor in nashville pat steinberg and aaron vickers along with you it is 2023 nhl draft coverage from nashville tennessee bridgestone arena brought to you by south trail chrysler and calgary lock and safe fc hockey the official draft guide of uh of sorry i just got a trade that i'm going to tell you about uh fc hockey the official draft guide of sports net 960 Sounds like kind of- Kyler Yamamoto on the move. Elliot Friedman reporting. Kyler Yamamoto uh, is going to be moved to Detroit. So the Oilers and Red Wings working on a deal. We'll uh, keep an eye on that as well as we wait for the Red Wings to make their pick at 47. One pick before the Flames. But yeah, Kyler Yamamoto looks like he'll be moving from Edmonton to Detroit, which is not a surprise. You talk to Oilers people down here in Nashville. They've been talking ad nauseum about how they expect Yamamoto to move either while they're at the draft or if not definitely Yamamoto going to move at some point during the offseason see if that is a straight up salary cap dump or if there is uh, some sort of uh, return sizable return or or decent return coming back to Edmonton or if it's simply just a financially motivated move in that respect
2: yeah I'll be curious because the Detroit Red Wings are currently on the clock and usually these kick off in 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds I wonder
1: if this is I wonder if this is related yeah
2: yeah because now we're two minutes into the uh, countdown for the Detroit Red Wings there's still no pick We've got this link between Kyler Yamamoto, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Edmonton Oilers. So, what's hesitating here?
1: Oh, I thought Detroit was going to pick. I wonder if we... Okay, Detroit is going to make this pick. From the United States National Team Development Program defenseman Brady Cleveland okay so brady cleveland of the u.s national development team goes right before calgary to detroit uh so it is 48th overall time now for the flames brady cleveland goes to the red wings and now the flames make their first pick of day number two of the nhl draft at number 48 overall uh you were talking there's some you you really think that there's some quality players still available for them here at number 48
2: absolutely and riley height is our highest ranked guy still on the board at 21 Perrin, as i mentioned is 25 and then there's a bunch of interesting defensemen whether it's Morin, um another guy that i'm curious about is oscar fisker molgaard who represented uh not switzerland denmark at the world championship as an 18 year old uh, he showed decently well there all things considered again he's undersized but go. curious
4: selects from the moncton wildcats atm moran
2: there we go
1: etienne Moren is the 48th overall selection to the calgary flames their first pick of day number two of the nhl draft they go to the qmjhl for number 48 overall the flames select etienne Moren at 48 uh what does fc hockey have to say about him
2: he is a six foot 180 pound defenseman we had him ranked 33rd so just outside of the first round so that's a value pick for him he was actually ranked second in our region among defensemen for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He has a massive, massive reputation as a 200-foot all-situations defenseman. His puck handling and decision-making abilities and his crisp passing, sharp agility, this is what makes him an asset that was many considered could be a first-round pick. Again, we had him tucked out just outside of the first round, but there were many. I think the consensus was that he was going to be a top 25-ish pick. So the Calgary Flames, who could use some replenishing on defense in their prospect pool, Go take a blue liner, and for me, this is a, this is a great pick for the Calgary Flames.
1: Six foot, 180 pounds, was the 19th ranked North American skater. So you like this uh, pick quite a you like this pick quite a bit. The first D-man the Flames take in this year's draft is Etienne Morin from the Moncton Wildcats of the QMJHL.
2: He was a point-per-game player as a defenseman in his draft season in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and I know the Q gets a a reputation for being a highly offensive league. That's really dialed back over the course of the last five or ten years. So the fact that he has that kind of production speaks volumes about not only just his defensive elements because, again, he's a 200-foot defenseman, but what he's able to generate in the offensive zone as well. Uh, Again, decisive, deceptive puck handling, Uh, He does need to work on his uh, getting caught flat-footed a little bit, but his skating is a plus quality. He's one of those guys that doesn't have a massive deficiency in his game. And the Calgary Flames clearly like the package that they have in it.
1: So the Flames have selected defenseman Etienne Morin at 48th overall from the Moncton Wildcats of the QMJHL. Six-foot, 180-pound defenseman. He is a left shot, had 21 goals and 72 points in 67 games with the Moncton Wildcats last season. So that is the player the Flames are going to at number 48 overall and uh yeah that looks like kind of one of those really high end uh or kind of high pick or high reward type picks
3: we uh, do have a a trade here coming pick number 51 to philadelphia for pick number 167 and los angeles's second round pick in 2024 which had previously been acquired by philadelphia so philadelphia is on the clock
1: okay so philadelphia makes this next pick we do have other trade news for you though uh this coming down just making sure that this is the official oilers account yes it is there's 944,000 subscribers to it uh the edmonton oilers have traded forward kyler yamamoto and forward Clem costin to the detroit red wings in exchange for future considerations so yamamoto and costin to detroit for futures so it was indeed just a Straight up cap dump for the Edmonton Oilers is what it looks like. Uh, Once again, Kyler Yamamoto and Clem Costin from Edmonton to Detroit. Future considerations the other way. Also, if you're just joining us, the Flames have made their first pick of day two. They go to the QMJHL to select defenseman Etienne Moran. He played in Moncton of last season, had 72 points in 67 games. He's a six foot, 180 180-pound left shot defenseman. Etienne Moran is the newest member of the calgary flames and their second round pick for the 2023 nhl draft what we're gonna do is take a break come back we'll uh, continue talking about the flames we'll get you up to date as to what's happening elsewhere in round number two we are in the second round of the nhl draft here from nashville tennessee with fc hockey's aaron vickers my name is pat steinberg and our draft coverage is brought to you by calgary lock and safe summer is here and so is high staff Turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. More from Nashville, more from Round 2, and more from the 2023 NHL Draft when we come back on Sportsnet 960, The Fans
0: back to exclusive coverage of the NHL entry draft live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Yeah, coming at you on the draft floor here at Bridgestone Arena as round two is starting to move towards its conclusion. It's day two of the 2023 NHL draft. From Nashville and Bridgestone Arena, brought to you by our friends Calgary Lock and Safe and South Trail Chrysler with FC Hockey's Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Focusing on a couple things. We're focusing on a trade made by the Edmonton Oilers and Detroit Red Wings that sent Kyler Yamamoto and Klim Costin to Detroit in exchange for future considerations. And we're talking about Calgary's 48th overall selection, their second round pick, uh, major junior hockey league defenseman etienne morin out of moncton who goes number 48 overall and uh, just taking a look at some of the initial reactions on social media a lot of people uh quite happy with the pick the flames made uh, kind of a um, high ceiling defenseman who is more than a point a game in his second year of major junior hockey with moncton last year and and some high accolades elsewhere for him as well hey vix
2: absolutely so he was considered to be a potential first-round pick and to the point where uh, NHL Central Scouting Director Dan Marr said, I believe at the NHL Combine or at some point just after that, that Moran would be his first defenseman for the draft when discussing the defense crop. So that's certainly high praise. I know at FC Hockey our scouts were really high on him, really like his combination of being able to balance both offensive contributions and defensive avail- uh, defensive capability, pardon me, because he's that all-situations defender, can touch both sides of special teams, 200-foot games, just that rare talent for balancing the offensive side of the game, the defensive side of the game, being able to walk the line perfectly, knowing when to jump, knowing when to be back, how to tackle those situations. We view him as a promising prospect for we had at any team seeking a well-rounded defenseman with considerable potential for growth.
1: I find that interesting that Dan Marr of NHL Central Scouting called him the, the number one defenseman.
2: Via Scott Wheeler, or Scott Wheeler of the yeah, Athletic.
1: It would be, And that's just his personal opinion, not Central Scouting, but uh, his personal opinion that he liked uh, Moran number one or, or as the best defenseman in this year's draft. He uh, made a big jump from one year to the next. He went from eight goals and 33 points in the queue in his first year, uh, and that was in... 64 games so 33 points in 64 games and jumped all the way to 72 points in 67 games in year two so a big jump from one year to the next for Moran in in the queue from his 17 to 18 year old season which uh, is pretty interesting as well
2: yeah consider what this is the growth you want to see from a player moving from a rookie at age 16 in the queue playing Sorry, major junior 16 juniors. to 17 year old season. Yeah, yeah 16 to 17 year old season as a rookie still 33 points in 64 games as a defenseman is, is pretty considerable and to see him take that next step and jump to 21 goals in 67 games again more than a point per game player 72 well, points 17 points in 12 games in the playoffs too So you love that. You love the fact that he was able to elevate his game offensively in the playoffs without sacrificing those defensive elements that make him so coveted.
1: It makes it uh, quite interesting to uh, think about what happens now. So you go from 16 to 17 and make that type of jump and you put up 72 points as a blue liner as a uh, 17 in your 17-year-old season. Makes you wonder what the totals will look like in year two, year three, and year four in the queue. Like What does that 18-year-old season look like with even a little bit more size and strength? And then when you hit that 19-year-old season with two years of eligibility left before you're an overager, I- I'm really curious to see what that looks like for the Moncton Wildcats and what that looks like for Moran.
2: Absolutely, and I'm to be perfectly honest, and not to start the buzz and the hype train too early, but I wonder if he doesn't get a look for Canada at the World Junior sooner than, rather than later as well with his ability to touch all facets of the game.
1: Uh, we are all the way up to pick 64 and just about ready to wrap up round two of the NHL draft. We are that quickly as uh, Minnesota. George, Riley Hype. And there was the top player remaining on the FC hockey board. Riley Height is the final player selected in the second round. The Prince George Center goes to the Minnesota Wild to wrap up round number two. 64 picks now in the books. Vicks, round two took from 10-12 to 10-45. That was a pretty quick round two. A little bit different than the last time you worked a draft with us, eh?
2: I mean, in all fairness, and I will preface this with it was the first zoom draft the nhl was the still second, working the, the zoom Kings. draft was, wasn't much better no,
1: it was literally the same
2: but i am gonna give them the benefit of the doubt regardless but that was what a seven or eight hour marathon my voice sounded worse after that than it does right now i can tell you that much for sure
1: and you weren't even out on broadway last night i
2: wasn't even out on broadway last no. night
1: um the final pick of round two is 64th overall, goes to the Minnesota Wild. They take Prince George Center, Riley Height at 64. Uh, Some of the other picks that we have seen over the last little bit uh florida at number six uh 63 overall the second last pick of the second round selected seattle center grayson Sachin. he goes number 63 to florida it was felix ungersorum the norwegian product playing in sweden who went 62nd to carolina he is a right winger Uh, tristan bertucci the flint defenseman ohl product went 61st to Dallas and Swedish goaltender Damian Clara, Uh, well, Italian goaltender playing in Sweden. But uh, yeah, Damian Clara goes number 60 to the Anaheim Ducks. He's been playing in Fariestad's junior program. Uh, He goes 60 to the Anaheim Ducks. That's the last five picks of the second round of the draft as they reset the board and we get set for round three of the draft. The Calgary Flames will be on the board in round three at number 80 overall. Their third pick of this year's draft goes in the top 80 at 80th overall.
2: I'm very curious about that Riley Height pick and what could come of it because we graded him out as high end as his ability to pass the puck, distribute the puck. He is above average shooting, above average puck sense, above average puck handling. It's a very, very interesting pick. And the Minnesota Wild might have gotten, I don't want to say necessarily the steal of the second round, but that is such a value pick for the Minnesota Wild. We had him number 21 on our board, they get him at 64
1: um let's talk about the other big piece of news and that is some roster movement in the nhl with the edmonton oilers going full-on cap dump a couple of cap dumps already on this thursday Josh Bailey goes to the Chicago Blackhawks for future considerations. This is a straight-up cap dump. And then the Edmonton Oilers send Kyler Yamamoto and Clem Costin to the Detroit Red Wings for future considerations to free up cap space. So both the Islanders and the Oilers go in the uh, financially motivated transaction route and uh, both clear up some salary space. With The Oilers sending off both Yamamoto and Costin to Detroit.
2: Yeah, definitely some concerns in Edmonton about being able to re-sign Clem Costin. The ask is higher than what they have you know, put forth in an offer reportedly, and there's always the issue of, well, what if he wants to go back to the KHL and earn a little bit more salary? So I think the Edmonton Oilers were a little hamstrung by what they were trying to accomplish with Clem Costin. And then Kyler Yamamoto has been rumored to be on the move for quite some time now. Yeah, I, I like him as a player, I'm not going to lie. And it just speaks to how tough it is to move salary right now, that all you get back is... A handshake agreement that, hey, you know, here's future considerations. We'll see what happens down the road, but you're going to take me for a golf game or something.
0: Um, It's,
1: uh, by the way, uh, Yamamoto is looking at one year remaining on his contract at $3.1 million. And the Oilers just felt that they didn't have the ability to bring Yamamoto back at 3.1 with only one year left on his deal he'll have arbitration rights as an RFA next summer in the summer of 2024 which uh, spooked them even more so they decide to make the move now Clem Costin who had some really good moments for him as you mentioned 24 year old forward who is a uh, arbitration eligible RFA right now and uh he also goes to Detroit in the move that uh, brings future considerations the other way. So that clears up 3. one million dollars of cap space for the Oilers and they won't have to worry about the Klim Costin deal. As for Josh Bailey, he goes to the Chicago Blackhawks in the final year of his contract and the Hawks take on the entire 5 million dollars he's got left on his deal. So the New York Islanders uh, clearing up 5 million dollars of cap space by moving Bailey to the Blackhawks. So a lot of financially motivated transactions a lot of people wonder if jeff petrie a lot of people wonder if blake wheeler and some other names might move again in very financially motivated moves here
2: Cap space is king, especially when we know that the uh, the upper limit is only moving up $1 million. There's a lot of teams that were in a similar position, as we talked about a lot, as the Calgary Flames, where you've got to figure out a way to fit two, three, four, five guys on your 22, 23-man roster, and you don't necessarily have the room to do it. So we're seeing these deals where it's, we'll just give away player X, we'll give away player Y if you're willing to take them, so on and so forth. Now, the interesting thing, the curious thing is nobody's had to really spend an asset in order to execute this just yet so i'll be curious to see if there are other names that are out there that are pending cap dumps to free up space for teams but you're running out of options of places to put them and you're gonna have to start spending assets if you want to move that cap cap capital
1: first two picks of the third round have been made the first pick uh anaheim goes to the OHL and the Flint Generals where they take Colson Petrie uh, Petrie rather, he goes number 65 overall to the Anaheim Ducks, he's a, a 6'1", 170 pound winger and then the Columbus Blue Jackets at 66 go to USHL Youngstown to select William Whitelaw, right winger skilled winger, 5'9", 175 he goes number 66 to the Columbus Blue Jackets as we are well now into round three of the draft and we're moving towards Towards the Flames at number 80 overall Nick Lardis of OHL Hamilton the left winger ends up going 67 to Chicago so 13 picks away from the Flames being on the board for the second time this afternoon slash I guess this morning still
2: and there's some interesting names still we've got one first rounder still on our board and Jaden Perrin of the the Chicago Steel of the United States Hockey League and Calgary Flames haven't been shy to go to uh, Chicago in terms of the draft in recent years, so I'll be curious option there. Matthew Catterford still on our board at 39. Caden Price is the defenseman out of Kelowna at 42. Cohen Zimmer is a very, very coveted guy at 46. Prince George of the Western Hockey League. There's been a lot of buzz over him over the course of the last couple of weeks, so there's certainly no shortage of options for the Calgary Flames, and again, this is a very deep draft. I feel like they'd be probably pretty comfortable right now.
1: Uh, They've already selected Etienne Morant out of Moncton in, uh, Moncton in the QMJHL. He goes number 48 to the Flames. They're up at number 80, 12 picks away. We'll take a break, come back. When we're back around the corner, we'll be a little bit closer to the Flames at number 80 overall. It's our 2023 NHL Draft coverage. It's brought to you by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Summer is here and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. Calgary Lock and Safe Dot com uh jacob fowler the goaltender just goes to the montreal canadians at number 69 overall which means arizona on the clock at 70 which means we're 10 picks away from the flames being up next we'll come back and have that a little bit closer to you second pick from the flames is just around the corner as we continue from the draft floor it's the 2023 nhl draft from bridgestone arena in nashville on sportsnet 960 the fans
0: now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft, live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Well, we were absolutely flying through the picks, and then all of a sudden we uh, ground to a halt because uh, there was a trade that just happened on the floor, not a uh, blockbuster, but the San Jose Sharks and Carolina Hurricanes coming together on a deal that uh, saw San Jose move up to number 71 overall, and they make their pick. They go with Brandon Svoboda uh, at 71 overall. They traded a couple of later round picks to move in to number 71, so the Sharks get their guy at 71, and uh, here is what we're looking at in terms of the last few picks that we have seen just before we went into the break Montreal Canadiens selected goaltender Jacob Fowler out of USHL Youngstown at 69 overall that was the second Youngstown player taken in four picks after William Whitelaw went 66th to the Chicago Blackhawks at number 70 Jonathan Castagna goes to the Arizona Coy- Coyotes, uh, the high school product at a St. Andrews College in Ontario, goes number 70 to the Arizona Coyotes. We're moving a little bit closer to the Flames being on the board at number 80 overall. That'll be their second pick of day two and their third pick overall of the 2023 NHL draft. Take a look at the draft board up there. It's Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers of FC Hockey along with you. Anything that has uh, jumped off the page, anything that you've seen uh, as we're into round three about... Uh, 10 picks in to round number three
2: uh william whitelaw going 66 of the columbus blue jackets is a value pick for us we had him as a late first rounder they nab him in the early third here uh jacob fowler the goaltender of the montreal canadians is a curious one for me because he was one of the guys one of the goaltenders we still had high on our board he was if i'm not mistaken the ushl goalie of the year and clark cup mvp so there's some pedigree there in terms of turning up the performance. Great quality regular season, obviously, being named goalie of the year, but then landing as the playoff MVP as well. Uh, and just now, number 73 to the Detroit Red Wings, Noah Dower Nielsen was a guy that we were certainly high on, our Swedish contingent.
0: Um
1: All of a sudden, Youngstown in the USHL, everybody's just getting taken from there. Three players have been taken from Youngstown between picks 66 and picks 71. So at 66, you mentioned William Whitelaw. He went to Columbus. The goaltender, Jacob Fowler, went 69 to Montreal. And then the center iceman, Brandon Svoboda, Goes to San Jose at seventy-one. So three Youngstown picks in the span of uh, six picks. Pretty neat for that USHL team. Uh, Noel Nord goes to Arizona at number seventy-two. He's a Brinus product out of Sweden, left winger at six foot two, two hundred. And you just mentioned Noah Dower Nielsen out of Fralunda He goes number seventy-three overall to the Detroit Red Wings. Another Swedish pick for the Red Wings. They take him at seventy-three. We'll hang in for sure as we move closer to the Flames making their second pick of today as well we'll start hearing from the Flames picks if they're in the building we do know Etienne Morin is in the building here with the Flames and going through all his uh after draft stuff and the Flames will bring him to us uh, very shortly and we'll talk to Morin uh and get his thoughts on being a member of the Calgary Flames Samuel Hanzek and Etienne Morin are the two latest members or two newest members of the Calgary Flames going number 16 and number 48 overall here on the draft floor in Nashville. it's steinberg and aaron vickers along with you uh we're coming at you live on sportsnet 960 the fan we're available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts as well and our coverage brought to you by south trail chrysler and calgary lock and save couple of uh, trades have been made today both of them have been cap dumps we've seen josh bailey move to chicago Five million dollar transaction there that takes five million dollars off the cap for the Islanders. We also saw Kyler Yamamoto and Klim Costin move to Detroit for future considerations. Klim Costin pending RFA and Kyler Yamamoto one year left at three point one million dollars uh, for Bailey to Chicago one year left at five million dollars. Those are the two player NHL player related transactions. Do we see Jeff Petrie move? Do we see? blake wheeler move do we see any other of those type of transactions and the other question is do we see the calgary flames make another trade before they leave nashville tyler Toffoli was the only deal well not the only deal but it's the deal that they've made so far they made that deal on tuesday
2: be very curious to see if the calgary flames again there's no shortage of rumors circulating craig conroy and the calgary flames as it pertains to his pending unrestricted free agents next summer again those are next summer And we heard what Craig Conroy said, and he he doesn't want to go into the season with seven unrestricted free agents. Well, now they're down to six. How many do they do in advance at the end of the conclusion of the draft? They don't have a hard deadline here. And that's the thing to stress. And that's the thing that Craig Conroy has stressed. You don't need to move a Noah Hannafin at the NHL trade deadline. You don't need to move an Elias Lindholm at the NHL trade deadline. You mean the NHL drafts? NHL draft. Pardon me. Yes. You, you do need to move them before the NHL trade deadline, not before I the end I of the draft. Correct that. Nope. Just nope. I very much appreciate that. You absolutely were 100% right in correcting me on that. The point is, they've got time. They've got two months, two plus months before training camp opens up and you can sit and wait and and wait for the right deal. You don't make a deal for the sake of making a deal just because it should happen in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena on June 29th. You have the luxury of time. You have the luxury of talking to the players as well and seeing what might change in their perspective. There's no rush the calgary flames at this point
1: uh the flames uh are starting to get a whole lot closer though to their 80th overall selection as number 77 just went off the board so here's what uh we've seen over the last four picks at number 74 st louis selects uh kingston frontenac defenseman quinton burns uh he goes number 74 to st louis at number 75 uh the Vancouver Canucks go to Kitchener of the OHL. Uh, choose defenseman Hunter Bruskowitz. Uh, he goes 75th overall to the Canucks. Then at 76, Blues back at it. They go to Slovakia for a winger. Yuri Pekarczyk goes number 76 to St. Louis and then Vegas at number 77 to QMJHL Halifax and uh, they select Matthew Cataford, Kata- the center iceman at 77. LA on the board now at 78 making their selection. It'll be Nashville at 79 and then Calgary will be up once again at number 80. So moving closer to the Flames making their second pick of day two as uh we move a little bit closer to that. LA just making their pick, which means Nashville is on the clock here at number 79.
2: Calgary Flames have some interesting options here. Jaden Perrin's our last remaining first round projected player out of Chicago. Uh, he's a uh, right shot, right wing, a little undersized, but has some high, high skill. Timur Mukhanov is a is a forward out of Russia. Caden Price again, Kelowna from the de, defenseman from the Kelowna Rockets. Pardon me. Aram Manishian, again, another defenseman that we think quite highly of. So there's still plenty of options here for the Calgary Flames. There's lots of value to be had at that number 80 pick that they added in the Tyler Toffoli deal.
1: Yes. Uh, LA at 78 goes to WHL Prince George, and they select Cone Zimmer. Uh, so he goes 78 to the LA Kings, uh, right winger out of uh, Prince George in the Western League. We're waiting on the Predators, the home team, to select. Selected number 79 overall, we'll take that pick and then we'll focus in on number 80 for the Calgary Flames which is just two picks away here on the draft floor in Nashville. Looking forward to seeing who the Flames select. They've uh, selected a winger and they've selected a defenseman so far with their work here uh, on the draft floor and uh, their third pick of the draft just minutes away. Right now the Predators have a minute 45 to go on the clock until they're up however and see who they make with uh, uh, who they select with their second pick of the third round earlier in the third round they selected Jeske Kieskinen at number 68 overall Uh, so Vickers just went through some of the names that could be available with that uh, seven uh, that 80th pick if you're the flames Um, and again we've seen a few more trades here as well We've seen a few more trade-down, trade-up scenarios over the last little bit, uh, and teams making moves to make sure that they get a guy who they're afraid is going to you know, fall to somebody else or, or won't fall to them, rather. Uh, teams making moves to jump up, and, and even if it makes four or five picks. Here's Nashville's pick. And Aha uh-huh as well. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought I heard them say Nashville's going to go. I I,
2: they're burning through their clock here. I wonder if they're working on something. Uh, it looks like
1: that there is something being worked on. There's paper getting thrown around. Um, also, uh, this uh, from Elliot Friedman. We just told you about Josh Bailey going to Chicago. The Hawks are now going to buy him out. Uh, so Bailey's going to become an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he's on unconditional waivers and uh, will be bought out by the Hawks. So Josh Bailey gets traded to Chicago and then will be bought out in a uh, matter of just a couple of uh, just a couple of days or a couple of hours hours rather so josh bailey on waivers and uh, he'll be bought out by the chicago blackhawks after being acquired from the new york islanders earlier today in a straight up cap dump so uh josh bailey's fate is uh going to be in the hands of another team because he'll become an unrestricted free agent on saturday come july 1st it feels like there's got to be a trade going on there's paper being thrown around and the predators are now running out the clock on this 79th overall pick and uh we're just waiting to see uh if there is some sort of trade up trade down type scenario but feels like there might be something going on because that clock is at zeros now
2: so the cost to buy somebody out at this point is a second round pick in 2026 that's what the Chicago Blackhawks received in that Josh Bailey exchange five million dollar cap hit one year eating that out two second round picks Pardon me one second round pick that's a uh, hefty price to pay if you're the New York Islanders but when you need cap flexibility like that you got to make those moves
1: yeah the islanders trade bailey and a second round pick i keep forgetting to say that uh 2026 second round pick also goes to chicago so the hawks uh, don't just get uh they don't just get that they get the second round pick along with josh bailey who they buy out here's deputy commissioner bill daly see if we do have a trade or not
3: we have a trade to announce nashville has traded the current pick number 79 to dallas for a third and sixth round pick in a 2024 draft which means dallas is now on the clock so dallas
1: will now make a selection in front of calgary as opposed to the uh, nashville predators so the predators get two picks in next year's draft to give this third round pick number 79 overall to dallas Uh, so it'll be the stars making their selection just before the flames make theirs and usually once you make the trade goes a little bit quicker because the team knows exactly who they're taking when they uh, make the trade so a couple of picks in next year's draft go to nashville and dallas picks up this 79th overall selection uh which they're going to make here very shortly and then calgary will be on the clock at number 80 uh here on day two of the nhl draft from nashville
2: yeah the dallas stars didn't have a pick in this round remaining and clearly there's somebody that slid and slid, and slid on the board 67's Bradley Gardner. Bradley Gardner of the OHL's Ottawa 67's is
1: the pick right in front of the Calgary Flames. So Brad Gardner goes to the Stars which means the Flames are indeed on the clock at number 80 overall. We'll see what the Flames do with their second pick of day two in their third round, their third pick and third round pick of the 2023 NHL draft. Todd Button, the director of amateur scouting, made the selection uh, last time around. We'll see who ends up making it at the table this time around. But uh, Brad Gardner, the player who goes right before the Flames make their selection at 80th overall, a selection they are now uh, getting ready to make here uh, in Nashville here we go calgary selects idar sunyev from penticton so to the penticton v's they go and the calgary flames make their third pick of this draft it's idar sunyev of the penticton v's of the bchl and what does fc hockey have to say about the newest member of the calgary flames
2: this kid is a little bit of a throwback, Patrick, in that he's very productive. He had 90 points, 45 goals, 45 assists, 90 points for Penticton in the BCHL in 50 games. Power forward style, reminiscent of a bygone era, era, pardon me, considerable strength and presence on the ice. He has a physical advantage over all his opponents in that uh, Junior A League. He challenges opposing defensemen. He's rough. He's tumble. uh, this guy, he was number 102 on our board. He was, if I'm not mistaken, number 40 among North American skaters by NHL Central Scouting. This guy just screams power. But not only that, it's not there's not a major deficiency that we've identified in his game. He is average to above average across the board in all his skill attributes, except for the fact that he just so happens to be a little bit of a throwback bully when he's out there on the ice. So the...
1: Um the word or the uh, the deets on Adar Sunyev, who is the uh, – oh, i got to go delete that tweet because it, uh, it, it they auto-corrected me. I hate Twitter. I hate Apple computers sometimes when they do that on Twitter. No, I did not mean to call him Adar Sunnier. I meant to call him Adar Sunnier. Yeah, so um,
2: while you do that, there's a power forward presence to his game, but he's also got that finesse play that enables him to not had, just be a bully. You had no like,
1: interest in my idle conversation. Well, I was
2: just trying to, you know, add a little bit of layers to, to the situation there. But again, robust frame, broad skating stance, natural strength. The potential as a whole here is, is very intriguing as a guy that, that can play that power grinding forceful game
1: uh six foot two 198 pounds is what he's listed at he is a penticton product who has played the last two seasons with penticton of the bchl and the v's uh last year as you mentioned 45 goals and 90 points in 50 games he was actually productive early on in his uh, bchl career as well last year played in 17 games with the v's had nine goals and 20 points in those 17 games and uh last year as you mentioned 45 and 45 for 90 points in 50 games uh, you, uh, you talk about the penalty minutes, you talk about kind of the way he uh, uses his body, 44 penalty minutes in those 50 games, he also added 23 points in 15 playoff games for Penn so Adar uh left winger is what he's listed at most spots and uh, he goes number 80 overall to the Calgary Flames and so this, uh, you know we talk about a real high ceiling pick they made at uh, number 48 when they selected Etienne Moran and then they go to a guy who put up really big numbers in the bchl this past season in adar Suniev at number 80 overall
2: yeah and he uh he slid a little bit versus the consensus like when you consolidate all the rankings he was listed somewhere around you know 65 66 so a late second round early third rounder the flames are able to grab him in the middle of the third round it's just we're intrigued by the physicality playmaking finesse that he has and the potential for, f- for for future development because by no means is he done developing. He's not the player that he's going to be in two, three, four years, and he-, he might be a little bit more of a patient pick where you give him some time to develop and round out those games, but the physical tools and the finesse element in his game make him uh, a-, a guy that FC Hockey really coveted.
1: Where did you have him again at a- FC Hockey?
2: We had him at 102, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Correct, you are. There he is right there at 102. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, ranked 40th among skaters by NHL Central Scouting. Adar Suniev is the latest pick for the Calgary Flames, who will not be on the clock again until the fourth round uh, when the Flames will select at 112th overall. So uh, they have selected so far Samuel Hanzek at 16th overall in the first round. Etienne Morin, uh, 48th overall in the second round. And most recently, Adar Suniev 107 uh, sorry 80th overall in the third round and their next pick goes at 112th overall in the fourth round as we continue from the nhl draft floor here in nashville it's the 2023 nhl draft the philadelphia flyers now on the clock a few picks in fact a number of picks have transpired since the flames made their most recent pick uh if you're interested here are the last few picks that we've seen in round number three uh, i'm just waiting for the nhl site to update me so i can go through all of it really quickly i'll wait a little bit on that because they're a little behind but the uh, most recent pick was buffalo at 86 overall selecting gavin mccarthy uh which has the flyers on the board at number 87 overall anything in the last four or five picks that have uh, jumped off the page since the flames made their selection
2: i'm pretty big fan of the uh selection by the seattle kraken at number 84 and caden price he's a guy that A defenseman that we had highly ranked. We were pretty pretty high on what we saw out of him this season with his game. 40 points in 65 games with the Kelowna Rockets. He uh, represented Canada at the uh, Holinka-Gretzky Cup to kick off the scouting season with 5 points in 5 games. Just a a defenseman that uh, is able to move the puck, but he's also able to squash and kill plays in his own end and turn pucks up ice really quickly. He was a guy that we had high on our list.
1: Uh, So, the... Flyers make their pick, which means Arizona is now on the clock at number 88 overall. It is, uh, it is quite interesting to see how quickly things fly by as we move through the uh, second, third rounds into the fourth round. We're already well past the Midway Park uh, point, rather, of round number three here at the draft. Round four coming up in just a few picks. Vancouver's on the clock at number 89. Overall, three picks made now by the Flames. They've gone two forwards and a defenseman. Uh, they've gone to the Western League, the Q, and then the BCHL. Uh, just your overall thoughts on uh, the first three picks and, and what the Flames have done so far with half of their picks now made.
2: Very different players that the Calgary Flames have been able to nab so far at the 2023 draft in Nashville, where you have a big, finesse kind of left winger uh, in um their first overall or sorry not their first overall pick their first round pick second uh, Samuel, round pick, Hansard, Hansard, yeah. Hansik, yeah, the second second rounder you have a defenseman who has great two-way capability translates to a potential top four player who really is one of the drafts best at both navigating the offensive and defensive ends and then you grab a hulking power forward type winner winger uh, who's got a lot of finesse so A little bit different elements in each of those players, but at the same time, the Calgary Flames have to be intrigued by all of them at this point, to be perfectly honest, because there's so much potential in each of them that it makes things really curious different potential for different reasons out of all three of them uh
1: still in some you know you take a look at uh some of the page one players that are on the board for fc hockey still some of those players that are available right now here your last few picks uh so uh since the flames have made their selection at 80 we've had uh, nine picks made some of the ones since then winnipeg went to shattuck st mary's and brought in zach nehring he's a minnesota high school product right winger he goes to winnipeg at 82 overall. Uh, Halifax's Dylan McKinnon goes to Nashville at 83 overall. We saw... Seattle, as you mentioned, take Kelowna product and Kelowna Rockets defenseman Caden Price at 84th overall. You like that one. Um, on top of that, uh, Vadim Moroz, uh, the Russian product who's been playing in uh, the Belarusian product, rather, who's been playing at uh, Dynamo Minsk. He went 88th overall uh, just right now to the Arizona Coyotes. He's a six foot two, hundred pounds right winger. And most recently, another D-man taken by the Vancouver Canucks. They've been heavy on the defenseman so far in this draft the Canucks at number 89 overall selecting Seattle Thunderbirds product Sawyer Migno, uh six foot 163 pound defenseman he goes number 89 overall to the Vancouver Canucks and what has been a very D heavy draft so far for the Canucks here in 2023
2: yeah so there I don't know if it's how their list just happens to be unfolding or whether or not they're making a focused effort it felt like they were making a focused effort in the first round in Tom Willander just so happens they keep peeling defenders off the boards. I wonder if it's an organizational deficiency that they've identified or, again, if their tiers and ledges have played out. And when that's the case and you have three, four, five guys, you can take a look at your depth chart in what's coming down the pipeline and identify, okay, we need to add this type of player, we need to add at this type of position, and suddenly you end up with a run on D for the Vancouver Canucks.
1: And uh, right now it's Pittsburgh on the board as they are up at number 90, however, running down that clock. And, you know, good amount of times when you are running into the final 20 seconds of your three-minute countdown could mean there's a uh, trade upcoming we'll see if the penguins are going to be moving out of this number 90 overall pick and another team uh, moves into it but uh, the penguins are currently on the clock and uh, bill daly's just pacing around you know gary bettman gets it pretty easy bettman gets to shake all the hands he's uh, he's up there and he's high five in the draft picks Bill Daly, just, uh, he has to just stand around on stage, just loiter up there until the picks come in, and then uh, tells a the team to go ahead. The, the the jump from commissioner to deputy commissioner, it's uh, it seems like uh, there's a bit of a gap between the two. Roles
2: and responsibilities. you got to stay in your lane, I guess. I don't know. I guess but so. Yeah, certainly day two of the draft is more fun for some than it is for others. You just identified the case there. A lot of loitering going on, I oh, guess yeah. you could say.
1: Bill, just looks, Bill looks like he's waiting to be admitted to the doctor's office. He's just loitering and waiting. And uh, Penguins have well run out this uh, three-minute clock, so I do wonder if we've got another trade coming up and if, uh, if we're going to see Pittsburgh move off of this pick. We're right now uh, into the final seven picks of the third round before we're into round number four. Don't forget, we will uh, be talking with Flames picks if they're here. If they're not here, we'll try and get them on the phone. We'll also be talking with Craig Conroy and Director of Amateur Scouting Todd Button at the conclusion of the draft. They'll join us here exclusively on Sportsnet 960. All of that will be podcasted for you on demand uh, on the Flames Talk podcast feed as we go on as well. So plenty of content will be coming your way on this Thursday on the Flames Talk podcast feed. Very much feels like we've got a trade coming up, and uh, feels like Pittsburgh will be moving out of this pick. We'll just wait to see exactly what this trade ends up looking like we'll take the we'll take the trade we'll take the pick and then maybe we'll hit our next break and uh reset a little bit here from nashville on the draft floor pat steinberg aaron vickers along with you let's hear from the commissioner uh deputy commissioner with uh why this is taking us so the long. trade to announce here
3: we go pittsburgh has traded the current pick which is number 90 to the new york rangers in exchange for pick number 91 And the Rangers own 7th round pick in the 2024 NHL Draft. As a result, the New York Rangers are now on the clock.
1: Cost a 7th round pick to move up one spot. So a 7th round pick next year to move up one spot this year as the Penguins and Rangers have just swapped picks from number 91 to 90 go the Rangers and the opposite for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll take a break, come back with more from the draft floor here in Nashville uh, with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg as we continue along from the 2023 NHL Draft. Our coverage is brought to you by South Trail Chrysler with inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthtrailChrysler.com. Steinberg, Vickers, from the draft floor, we're in radio row, front row of the media riser at Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville, 20, Tennessee. It's the 2023 NHL Draft, and it's coming at you exclusively here on Sportsnet 960, The Fans.
0: Now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft, live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: We are moving towards the end of round number three here on the draft floor in Nashville. Bridgestone Arena is where we're coming at you from for the 2023 NHL Draft. Steinberg and FC Hockey's Aaron Vickers. Our draft coverage brought to you by South Trail Chrysler and Calgary lock and safe. The Flames have made three selections so far in this year's draft, including Adar Seneyev, their most recent pick, the Penticton V's forward, goes 80th overall to the Flames in the third round. Prior to that, Etienne Moran of the Moncton Wildcats, the defenseman goes 48th overall, and yesterday, Wednesday, in round number one, the Flames selected Samuel Hunzek 16th overall from the Vancouver Giants of the Western Hockey League. I got some trade news to pass along your way in just seconds, but first let you know the last few picks that we've seen come off the board here uh, at the um, uh, in the third round and on the draft floor at number ninety-two overall, the box Boston- and Bruins go to Sioux Falls of the USHL to take American center Christopher Pelosi um, going to Switzerland where the Chicago Blackhawks uh, they go to it's a Czech player but they go to uh, Langau in Switzerland to take center iceman at Felchman at uh, number 93 overall and then at number 94 Carolina selects Jaden Perron from USHL Chicago I know he was a guy that you wondered the, that, that the Flames might take a look at at number 80 he goes number 94 to carolina and most recently denver Barkey of the ohl's london knights goes 95 to the philadelphia flyers he's a 5'9 155 pound center iceman he is the second last pick of the third round of the philadelphia flyers and the vegas golden knights have just made their pick at number 96 And the third round is done just like that three down four to go at the 2023 nhl draft
2: Jaden perron to the carolina hurricanes the carolina hurricanes have been able to mine the nhl draft for drems and all rounds more recently perron is one of those guys absolutely high end in his uh playmaking ability above average puck handling sense compete he's a guy that uh we had 25th overall and he was ranked 43 among north american skaters falls to the tail end of the last round there But he's a player that has some big-time potential for them.
1: So as the third round comes to an end, we can also tell you that uh, there has been a trade made by the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Lightning and Chicago Blackhawks have come together on a deal it's an interesting one and uh somewhat i'm 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 really curious as to what uh i'm just curious not not in a good or bad way well where's logan gordon when you need him uh Corey perry's coming back to the western conference at least his rights are uh the chicago blackhawks have acquired the rights to pending unrestricted free agent Corey perry he's a ufa on saturday uh he's 48 hours away from being a ufa but Corey perry goes from tampa bay to chicago for a seventh round pick so a Feels like the Blackhawks are uh, looking at wanting to bring Perry into the fold and see if they can convince him to be a, a good veteran guy for them in the next 48 hours or so and convince him to sign as a member of the Blackhawks as they've... a. Uh, given up a seventh round pick next year for the 48-hour negotiating rights depending UFA Corey Perry.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting move for the Chicago Blackhawks because like you said, he can bring in an incredible veteran presence for a team that is clearly going through a rebuild and clearly adding the best prospect in hockey in Connor McDavid after making him the number one pick on Wednesday. So I wonder if they had a conversation with Corey Perry. I wonder if there was something facilitated there by the Tampa Bay Lightning that gave the Chicago Blackhawks a sense that he might be willing to come there and acquiring his rights early as you said we're not that far away from him hitting unrestricted free agency July 1 coming just around the corner there must be something cooking for the Chicago Blackhawks and Corey Perry there for them to make this move now I'm not sitting here saying that there's something in place already but you have to wonder if something's moved in the right direction for them to sacrifice and again it's a low investment in a seventh round pick but it's still a pick, it's still an asset you're giving up for a guy that could, in theory, hit unrestricted free agency within the next 48 hours. Uh,
1: The fourth round is officially underway. The Flames don't select until 112th overall, which is uh, just over 12 picks away. Uh, Connor Smith, the first pick of the fourth round, he goes 97th overall to the Anaheim Ducks. He's a defenseman out of OHL Peterborough. The Columbus Blue Jackets at number eight go back to Youngstown, in the ushl to select defenseman andrew strathman he's a 5'11", 185 pound defenseman and uh, most recently chicago at number 99 go to ohl sudbury to select center iceman alex ferren so those are your uh, most recent the three most recent picks here as round four of the draft is officially underway also can tell you that etienne moran is uh, on his way to us he should be here in the next five or ten minutes and we'll chat with him the newest member one of the newest members members of the Calgary Flames as he went in the second round 48th overall to Calgary but we are underway now in round number four.
2: Yeah and here's where we're going to see a lot of divergence a lot of teams are going to have a lot of different lists Uh, once you get past even heading into the third round there's going to be a lot of variance from team to team as to who they value what they value what the targets are going to be what the attributes they are looking for some teams that didn't scoop a goalie up in the second or third rounds might look to the fourth round to do that some teams might wait to the seventh round and see what's left as long as there's still a goalie that they've got highly ranked on their board well, this is the point of the draft where all bets are off, and it will be curious to see some of the higher-ranked players at FC Hockey, whether they go this round, whether they slide, whether they're taking it all.
1: Uh, this coming from Frank a Daily Faceoff on the Corey Perry front, says Blackhawks are hopeful to get a deal done with Perry, but nothing done yet. Uh, they wanted his leadership and compete. Luke Richardson was a big fan from his time in Montreal with Go Habs Go, more than a few with the, i'm sorry i'm reading the twitter tags um, hashtag go habs go yeah. uh from his time in montreal with with the Habs. More than a few teams had interest in signing Perry on Saturday, so that comes right from Frank Saravalli. And yes, I was reading that right off Twitter and right off my phone. But uh yeah, it sounds like the Blackhawks are gonna make a push to sign Corey Perry, but nothing is done as of yet. You know, for a team that is building, for a team that just selected their new franchise player, for a team that has lost Patrick Kane, for a team that we believe is gonna say goodbye to Jonathan Taves here. You've gotta you've gotta you've gotta commend him for going after a guy who's won, who has been to Stanley Cup finals, who has done nothing but go deep in the playoffs in recent years, excluding this past year. I, I don't mind that at all from what Luke Richardson and that Blackhawks management staff is trying to do, bringing a vet, bringing a guy that can help a young building team. And now you've got Connor Bedard, your franchise center iceman. Well, not a bad guy to have uh, potentially protecting you going forward.
2: No, Corey Perry checks a lot of the boxes an organization wants when trying to bring along a young organization. He's been a proven winner. He's been productive. And it's a curious move. Just don't tell
1: that to Logan. Logan would not appreciate it. Not, not a big fan? No. no.
2: Fair enough. It's a a somewhat low risk for the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, the asset management there is a seventh rounder. So the odds of a seventh rounder and, again, making it to the NHL, super low. But then all of a sudden, you can also hit on a guy like Dustin Wolf in the seventh round. So there is some risk, but low risk. And you're bringing in a guy that can be a true mentor, a true leader, to teach some of the young kids of the Chicago Blackhawks the way of the NHL.
1: Uh, a very interesting note. Uh, do you see who the uh, Montreal right. Canadiens selected at 101st overall? Uh, the Habs go to OHL Hamilton to bring in a familiar name. Uh, we're all familiar with Arbor Jecai, um, Wi-Fi, as they called him Wi-Fi, the best
2: nickname in the NHL.
1: Well, at 101st overall, you may recognize uh, the last name. It's uh, spelled X H. E-K-A-J and uh, his brother Florian Jekai out of OHL Hamilton goes 101st overall to Montreal. So the Jecai boys both with the Montreal Canadiens, which is a pretty cool little uh, subplot to everything.
2: I mean, you might as well tap into the, uh, the family pipeline, the bloodlines of that uh, particular family because uh, the older brother's growth over the course of the last couple of years has been amazing. So why don't you just go back to the family, take the younger brother, complete the set, and see what you might have down the road in him. It's a it's it's fun. This is one of the fun picks of the NHL draft where you get the family connection, you get the bloodlines, you get big brother and little brother suddenly in the organization together and one's in the NHL now. One's got some work to do to move himself into the pro ranks. But how can you not feel good for the Montreal Canadiens and the Checkai family and in, in this situation, the Wi-Fi family, if you will. Yeah,
1: the Wi-Fi family indeed. Um, Uh, you talked about bloodlines here's uh, an interesting one at 103rd overall the philadelphia flyers uh, have a familiar name back in the organization uh they go to ushl fargo at 103rd overall to select center iceman cole knubel not Nuble. that would be uh mike knubel's son cole knubel goes 103rd overall to the philadelphia Flyers. so there's a little bit more of the bloodlines we've seen oliver bonk radic bonk's son yep. going this draft there's some gay uh, perot gay perot Perreault. yannick
3: perot's son so we're
1: the, the bloodline starting to go now in uh, the 2023 nhl draft what's
2: interesting is cole knubel was actually eligible last year for the 2022 nhl draft was not selected fast forward a year Suddenly he's a member of the Philadelphia Flyers, an organization his family is certainly familiar with. So
1: right now the Ottawa Senators are on the clock at 108. The Flames will be up at 112. So we are... um moving closer to the flames fourth round pick after the flames pick in the fourth round they won't have another pick until the sixth round unless there is some sort of move made but the flames are uh, currently uh, without a fifth round pick so they will uh, have a little bit of a jump from their fourth round pick at 112 uh, until they pick again in the sixth round so as of right now we're uh, we'll stay with you for sure until the flames make their pick the senators are up at 108 also we'll be uh, hearing from both players are going to make their way to our spot here on radio row because both uh adar Sanyev and etienne Moren are here and we're able to meet the flames brass in person uh so that is pretty cool as well not you know second and third round picks a lot of the time they will be here but a lot of a lot of guys don't don't come they don't know when they're gonna go you talk about that divergence sometimes if you're if your agent says ah oh, you know just talking around we project his you, you know the sixth round pick uh do you go if you're a sixth round pick? Some do, some don't. Then all of a sudden you get picked in the second round. You didn't even know it. Uh, but uh, there, there are still a lot of the players here that that may be selected on day two of the draft.
2: Absolutely, and it's always a curious situation because if you're a you know consensus top sixty pick, yeah, maybe you're safe to go. But if you're a later round guy, a lot of agents, a lot of advisors will advise you. You know what? Stay home. Spend the day with your family. If you're really stressed out go golfing get away from it all wait for the phone to ring because it can be a long 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 wait in the stands if you're projected to go high and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and you're sitting there and you're waiting and you're sweating and you're agitated and you're probably your mood's probably not the greatest but at the same time when that relief does come like think back to 2019 and dustin wolf to reference him again The second last pick in the draft, am I remembering that correctly? And he was in the stands, and it was virtually an empty building. But his family went just crazy celebrating the pick, the relief, the ecstatic, the excitement. So you do get those moments of just pure joy. But at the same time, those first three, four hours of waiting can just be absolutely daunting
1: uh a few uh few more recent picks as we move closer to the flames at 112 overall at 107 vancouver selects vilmer uh vilmer Arlikson out of Jugarden garden in sweden he's a left winger ottawa at 108 goes with hoyt stanley uh, bchl victoria defenseman uh at 109 the buffalo sabers go to ohl kingston and select ethan medema left winger he goes 109 nashville is currently up at
3: 111 joey willis
1: So that is the player that goes at 111 right in front of the Calgary Flames, who are now up at 112. So the 112th overall pick will not be Joey Willis, because he goes 111th to the Nashville Predators, but the Flames are on the clock once again for their fourth-round pick here at the 2023 NHL Draft. This is when Vickers skills and typing skills and uh, pulling up his profiles and the fc hockey profiles of which uh, vickers and his staff curated over at fc hockey and nhl Entry .com. this is when vickers really becomes uh this is when it really really gets good for vickers we're going to talk to atm moran in just a second uh it's going to be perfect timing because the flames are going to make their pick and then we'll chat with atm moran uh who is going to come in right now atm perfect timing you're uh your newest teammate's about to get selected. The Flames are on the board right now. Here we go. Take a listen. He selects from the Vancouver Giants,
4: Jaden Lipinski.
1: Oh, another Vancouver Giants pick, Jaden Lipinski. Samuel hanzek's teammate goes to the Flames at 112th overall. We'll tell you a little bit more about him in just a second. But right now, let's say hello to the Flames' second round pick, 48th overall. Samuel Moran joins us live here on the draft floor. Uh,
5: congratulations. How Thank you doing? Really good, thank you. Was, uh, how was today gone for you? Uh, it's been crazy, just waking up and hoping for the best, and that's what happened, so can't complain. Uh,
1: okay, so tell us about the day. How did it go for you? You talk about waking up, and it's a morning as opposed to an evening. Uh, how did uh, how did the
5: day go for you? How, how, how has it all played out? It was a tough morning, to be honest. I, I woke up and I was tired, but uh, now I'm, I'm back up and I'm pumped up, so... I just can't wait to start, like I said a lot of times, but it's unbelievable. I can't ask for any better.
1: What goes through your head when you hear your name called and uh, you find out that it's going to be the Calgary Flames who end up selecting that's you. That's
5: always a weird question to be honest because I I just blacked out a little is it, bit. Is that's, that's what it, most guys <laughs> say they black out, right? You don't you don't really understand and you, you don't really understand like what's happening. You're like is this really the NHL going on and uh, y- you start to realize it when you get the jersey on. So, I uh, know like I said it's a, it's a crazy experience and it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure.
1: So, what happens? Take us through what happens after you get selected. what does the next few minutes look like? Next hour look like? It's it's a whirlwind, isn't it?
5: yeah you start when you hear your name it's when you really start to realize what's happening and uh, obviously for the next hours I'm gonna have a lot of fun with my family and uh, people around me so uh, I just can't wait to get back to them and uh, enjoy my day. What do you know about Calgary? Do you uh, do you know much about the city? Yeah I visited the city before and uh, the rink shape and everything—it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the first thing I said when I got drafted is, "Oh, it's nice. It's probably the best-looking jersey in the uh, Indian NHL." So uh, I won't complain. But I know it's also oh, uh, also a rodeo city. So, um, like I said, I just can't wait to start. And being a Canadian uh, playing in Canada is a, is a great thing too.
1: So you—the first thing you said—the the shape of the building, the yeah, saddle. Hey, you like exactly.
5: that? Exactly. I, I I I always I just can't remember. It's a saddle. I, I just know it in French. I don't know it in English every time. So, yeah.
1: Uh, and you love you love the jerseys, hey! You love yeah. the old school look.
5: Yeah, just uh, just the look of it, and the colors are really beautiful. So, it's it's crazy. <laughs>
1: that is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, let's talk about you, Samuel Moran, the second round pick of the Flames,
5: 48th overall, Moncton Wildcats. Tell us about last season for you. You had a huge jump in points. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be honest. Hard start of the season for the Ilinka Gritski, I got diagnosed with mononucleosis right before going to it, so uh, hard start for me. I lost 15 pounds within three days because I couldn't eat. So, yeah, Jeez. no, it was a rough. It was rough mentally knowing it was gonna be the biggest year of my life and. I just get a stick in my wheels out of nowhere but uh got back up got to the training camp uh, back in Moncton out of shape 15 pounds short so uh harder time but it took me about 2 weeks to gain back that weight and back uh, gain back that uh, strength so um I was ready to roll and start of this season was really offensive for me Uh, I put up a lot of stats I think I had something uh, a goal every two games so I couldn't complain and then I started to focus a lot defensively for the second half and focus on the little details I need to work on uh, but it was still good production offensively and same thing for the playoffs Um, I had a a great run and uh, same thing for my team, we were really young but uh, we got a game 7, we had 5 overtimes out of 7 games so I'm really excited and I can't wait for for the uh, next few years take me back to the beginning of the season that okay, you said you gained back you lost 15 pounds you said yes sir you gained it back in two weeks yeah about two weeks I, i'd say maybe even a week and a half was it just s- smashing junk food or how'd you how'd no you way. get I, it back so quickly i have no clue uh, you should ask my trainer back in moncton he might be listening grand black i i don't know you should ask his tricks but uh no it it didn't take me long and um I remember the first day I got the go with my doctor, I rent an ice and I was back on it. So uh, obviously it was the first thing I wanted to do, get back in shape and be ready for the biggest year of my life.
1: How uh, how much did that test you mentally to, to go through that and to have to go through all of the, you know, all of what goes on in that?
5: Yeah, and it made me learn a lot of lessons about life, to be honest. Uh, uh, sometimes you work hard a lot and you just get hit out of nowhere. And uh, it's not how you fall back, but all you get back up, so... Uh, no, obviously it was a hard time f- mentally for me, but um, at the end of the day I got back up and I, I got a great season and everything happens for a reason. Sometimes you don't see it, uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe Adilinka Grisky I would have got injured and it would have led into my season. So yeah. uh, you, you never know, you you got to enjoy life and uh, you make decisions and you don't look back.
1: You talked about the offensive numbers. Did they, did they surprise
5: you at all? Was it something that you were expecting to take that big a jump on? It's something I... Not that I planned the goal, but it's something I wanted to. I wanted to hit the 70 points because I would have gotten 100 points within two seasons. So, obviously, I checked a little bit, but uh, I didn't want it to play in my mental. And I I just, like, whatever happens, happens once again. But, uh, no, I surprised myself with this season, obviously. And uh, same thing for the playoffs. I had a really good run, and our power play was working uh, really good. And uh, same thing for next year. We had the first overall pick, Caleb Denoyer. So, uh, really excited about him, and I can't wait to start once again.
1: So, do you... um is has offense always been a big part of your game even going up through minor hockey or is that something that is developed a little bit later i'm gonna be
5: honest i've always been a stay-at-home defenseman really Uh, yeah for the past three years i've developed my offense have um, and then uh, I just want to work on my defense again, and I want to bring it up to a knee game. I'm, I still consider myself to be a good two-way defenseman. I can play both uh, both ends of the ice, but uh, I want to be better and bring it up to a knee game, like I just said. So how how do you, when you talk about developing your offensive game, what goes into that? I, I'd say my mindset. I don't even know how. It's just my mindset, following the play better and analyzing the play better offensively. So uh, definitely the mindset, the experience, and the confidence of... Uh, as an example, being a second year in the QMJHL really helped me. I had big roles as a 16 years old. I touched a first power play for half the season, so uh, it helped me a lot th- for my confidence. And uh, no, obviously, uh, you just you just need to understand that you're there for a reason. And even though there's big names around you, like you just said, you're there for a reason. So uh, don't stress it out and play hockey. Um, so is would you say right now you see yourself more as
1: a stay uh, sorry as a as a two way defenseman? You've kind of been a stay at home uh-huh. guy, worked on your
5: offensive game really feel like you're you're becoming that two-way guy yeah that's exactly what i want to do i'm still a good two-way defenseman like i said but it's not up there yet and that's what i want to that's what i want to be i want to be as reliable offensively but also defensively so in terms of
1: the uh the strengths of your game and skating size like what what do you feel are the
5: the really big strengths in your game strongest asset is my hockey iq so i'm very cerebral whether it's on and off the ice um, just uh, just like I said, my hockey IQ, so whether it goes with the uh, poise with the puck or just being smart, uh, decision making, I have a really good first pass too, uh, I have a good g- agility on the blue line to find lanes of shots, I have a great wrist, uh, wrist there, so... Uh, rich shot, sorry. So, yeah, those those are basically my, my, my strengths.
1: We're chatting with Flames' second-round pick, Samuel Moran. He gets selected 48th overall. Uh, Etienne Moran, sorry, uh, by the – I don't know where – Samuel Hansik <laughs> was who the who the Flames selected. My, my apologies. <laughs> Etienne Moran is with us here. Uh, the Flames' uh, 48th overall selection at the 2023 NHL draft. I'm glad I caught that so I wouldn't say it the rest of the interview.
5: Um, tell us about playing in Moncton and yeah. uh, playing for the Wildcats. It's incredible. Uh, You guys have Jacob Peltier over there too, so he knows it. Uh, Just the facilities we have, I I don't even understand. It's crazy for a junior. And uh, same thing, the organization is crazy, I, I can't ask for better and like I said earlier, they took me in as a 16 years old, they gave me big roles so they basically gave me everything and they built me as a player but also as a person and uh, made me learn a lot of things so uh, can't ask for any better.
1: How uh, how big a deal is pelche in Moncton? Like, is he still a pretty big deal out there?
5: Yeah, obviously you know his name, every guy on the team knows his name. Okay. And, uh, I think he played his first NHL game this season so we, we all watched him and whenever he scored his first goal, the same thing so uh, obviously he's a big uh, role model for me but also the other guys and uh, our GM back in Moncton uh, Richie Thibault just keeps talking about uh, how much of a gentleman he was and uh, I, I I learned it when he texted me after my season just to congratulate me and say uh, of how good of a season I had so I uh, know he's a really nice guy and I'm looking forward to meet him.
1: Uh, okay who was here with you today who'd you get to celebrate with today?
5: Not a lot of people to be honest I'm really reserved in a way so um, I have both my parents, I have my sister, her boyfriend, and I have my girlfriend, that's Sarah and that's it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's still a pretty big, that's a yeah, big not, dr- not bad, yeah. Yeah, But that's the important people, uh-huh, right? You get exactly. the,
1: what were the emotions like for them? Did you, did you catch, was there any tears or anything like that?
5: Uh, my parents, I know they're really stressed, uh, uh, not in life, but they were really stressed for me uh, coming up here, so uh, I know it was a stressful time for me, they're probably relieved now, but... Uh, I just can't wait to go back and see them.
1: Yeah. Any uh, who was important for you as you were going through hockey? Yep. Parents, mm-hmm. young coaches. Who, yeah. who do you
5: who do you think about on a day like today? There's a lot of people thinking all the coaches. I have I have a couple of coaches in my mind right now: Serge Tellier, uh, Marco Lemay. Um, Andre Savage, or even all the Moncton organization, they really helped me out. And same thing for Richie Tibo, really helped me out. Uh, our coach back in Moncton, defensive coach uh, Joshua Epditch or uh, Dan Lacroix, our, our coach, uh, our head coach. So um, all these guys really helped me out. And um, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for those guys. Or th- there's probably some that I'm forgetting right now, but uh, there's a lot of guys that helped me out. Excited to be on the ice in a few days at development yeah. camp. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I've been training hard for the past weeks, so uh, I can't wait to go on the ice and prove and show why I'm as a okay. So you're back. You're
1: back into you're back into training. You've been back on the oh, ice. Oh yes, of course. Okay. I,
5: I took I took I think it was a week and a half break. It wasn't long. Okay. And I was back to training. So uh, no, obviously it was a big season too for me. So uh, I had to to get a little break in, but. Now I'm, I'm fired up and I'm ready to go. Well,
1: first of all, apologies for, uh, messing up the name. Uh, <laughs> it's good. uh second of all, congratulations on being drafted. That's awesome. Uh, Alphira Calgary. Thank you, anyway, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, I man. Appreciate it. Be well. Uh, that is, uh, Etienne Morin. He is the 48th overall selection of the Calgary Flames. He goes in the second round to the Flames at the 2023 NHL Draft. And, uh, he is, uh, Two of four that have been drafted by the Flames. Uh, if only the donkey host could call him his correct first name as opposed to calling him Samuel. Um, uh, because, you know, it's hard when you have four well, different players selected. One's name is Hanzeck and one's name is Moran. Obviously, you're going to screw him up. But, uh, yes, ATM Moran, uh, really well spoken and very cool. And I know Samuel Moran used to play, uh, in the NHL as well. I know doesn't excuse that you feel like a dummy. Uh, Adar will talk to him a little bit. Uh, he'll join us he was the third round pick of the Calgary Flames and uh, we didn't get an opportunity to talk because of the timing we went right from the Flames pick we took it for you Vancouver Giants center Jaden Lipinski goes in the fourth round he goes 112th overall to the Calgary Flames and a teammate of Sam Hanzek of the Vancouver Giants let's talk a little bit about Jaden Lipinski, the uh, 112th overall selection of the Calgary Flames. What does FC Hockey have to say about him?
2: Well, first of all, it's interesting how things work out sometimes because you spend a lot of time watching Samuel Honzik if you're the Calgary Flames, and suddenly a teammate can also catch your eye, and you file that back in your mind, so you're not just watching one, you're watching two, you're watching three guys. Lo and behold, Jaden Lipinski becomes a member of the Calgary Flames organization. He's a big, massive, again, you want to talk size, Samuel Hansik, 6'3", Suniev 6'2", Lipinski, 6'4", 210 pounds he's listed out on the NHL website. He had 55 points in 66 games. We had him ranked 107 on our list, so he comes in at 112, so right where we kind of projected him. He's got an NHL-ready frame, as I said there. That size is massive, and the biggest portion for us that, that got him ranked where he did on our list is he showed significant development in his offensive game early in the season, and that surprised a lot of people. He was previously known for playing like a very simplistic North South style of game with maybe projecting limited offensive upside. And he displayed an increasingly, increasingly level of prominent intelligence, vision. And his ability to see and navigate and predict what's going to happen in front of him, so he can read and react in real time and even slightly before um, you know the play develops in front of him. Size and strengths are what going to capture his attention, but he really was able to layer in more of that uh, offensive impact that he can have in the game. He's able to, you know, when you're that size, you're able to do a lot of things in the offensive zone, whether it's shielding the puck away from opponents, digging in board battles, getting in front of the net and getting in front of the goalie, which he's really good at. He can protect the puck and buy time for his teammates to get into position, and when they do, he can find them with passes. His He's got high effort, two-way mentality. The one, perhaps, deficiency that, that will be addressed in terms of the development plan, he's, he can be a bit heavy-footed, but his intelligence and his proactivity... Compensate for that.
1: Uh okay, let's take a break. Here's to recap where the Flames are. They have made four picks in this year's draft in Nashville. Samuel Hanzek, first round pick out of the Vancouver Giants. Uh, second round pick, Etienne Moren out of the Moncton Wildcats. Third round pick, Adar Sanyev forward out of the Penticton V's. And fourth round pick, Jaden Lipinski forward from the Vancouver Giants, teammate of Sam Hanzek, which is a pretty cool side plot to everything. We will talk to Adar Sanyev. I'm not sure if Jaden is here, but we'll talk to him at some point as well, either on the phone or uh, live and in person. Did you see if he was I here? I did not see him okay. at the
2: draft floor, but... It's a slippery thing. you got a lot of guys standing. I you know. might have snuck by, but I, at my first glimpse, didn't see him.
1: Uh We'll take a break. Our 2023 NHL draft coverage is brought to you by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Summer is here, and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Steinberg, Vickers from the 2023 NHL draft in Nashville. Our coverage continues next on Sportsnet 960, The
0: Fan. Now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft, live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Into round five. We are
1: cooking on this thursday morning slash afternoon it's afternoon here in nashville it's still morning back in calgary with fc hockey's aaron vickers it's pat steinberg along with you our nhl draft coverage from bridgestone arena the draft floor at the uh at bridgestone arena in downtown nashville continues right now we're now four picks three picks rather into round number five of this year's nhl draft our coverage brought to you by south trail Chrysler, calgary lock and safe yeah we are absolutely humming and a little bit of a, a little bit of a when it comes to the Calgary Flames. They won't pick again until the 6th round. They do not have a 5th round pick in this year's draft. Let's uh, update where we are. This is what the Flames have done so far. Flames selected in the 4th round most recently at 112th overall. Jaden Lipinski of the Vancouver Giants he is the teammate of Samuel Hanzek, who they selected in the first round 16th overall so a couple of Vancouver Giants in this year's draft the Flames have also selected Etienne Moren, second round pick 48th overall of the QMJHL's Moncton Wildcats and then in the third round 80th overall they go to the BCHL and Penticton V's and select Adar Seneyev as their third round pick those are the four players again want to apologize to 810 for calling him samuel i only did it twice but that's enough and i feel like a dunce but it happens i'm a couple people chirping me on twitter as if i did it on purpose yeah yeah i clearly called him a a name that wasn't his i that that's the reason why are you calling him that well what do you think because i'm an idiot and i made a mistake that's why i'm calling because i I'm, i'm just glad that i caught it in time and didn't go through the entire interview and then could apologize to him but i do apologize again um but yeah
2: did you, uh, in that conversation with him, did you get a little Jacob Pelche vibe in terms of the personality 100%. and the energy? I was thinking uh, that the entire time talked through. a
1: little bit about Jacob, yeah. too, because they're both Moncton guys. And uh, 100%, uh, dude, again, it's, it's their draft day, smiling from ear to ear. But at the same time, I've I've been around where guys aren't aren't at the, the same level of, of that type of excitement. Like, this guy was absolutely beaming from ear to ear the entire interview didn't matter if i i could have called him jake i could have called him billy i could have called him table it wouldn't have mattered he wouldn't have said anything because he was just so happy to be going through the whole thing he wouldn't have corrected me if i didn't catch it myself um and and yeah i got huge jacob pelche vibes from him. not not stature wise not no but just in personality wise 1000 percent.
2: yeah absolutely personality and spades and you could just feel the energy and all I could think about when he was talking there was he's got the same buzz, the same vibe as Jacob Peltier and if and when he arrives at the NHL level and he's going through the debut thing that uh, Jacob Pelletier had and the energy and the smile and the infectiousness, that's a big win for the Cowboys. We've talked at length about Craig Conroy how he says they need to inject youth in the lineup, and this isn't saying that Etienne Moren's is going to be in the lineup anytime in the, in the near future. But that energy that the prospects can bring, the kids can bring, whether they're first-year players, second-year players, just the buzz and the vibe around them, that helps a team, that pushes a team, that energizes a team. And Etienne Moran certainly has that in spades. Yeah, I uh,
1: I'm I uh, was very impressed with him. I've also heard really good things about uh Arsena of the third-round pick, who we'll talk to very shortly here as well. I've heard some really good things about uh, how well-spoken he is and how excited he is. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Uh, the Flames also have taken Jaden Lipinski. And interesting, you know, we've seen some teammates go we've seen some bloodlines go and the the flames go to a second vancouver giant a second vancouver giant forward and even looking a little bit on uh, on twitter and and some of the reaction uh definitely some goals those two have been a part of so far this year
2: Absolutely, and the other interesting wrinkle here is through four picks, the Calgary Flames have gone to the Western League three times with two members of the Western Hockey League, obviously, and Honzik and Lipinski with the uh, Vancouver Giants. Western region, you mean. Western region, yeah. yeah. So keeping it close to home, but obviously identifying players that they've seen over and over and over again that have ranked them high on the Calgary Flames list, and and lo and behold, now they're members of the Flames organization.
1: Um, Just um, talking a couple of people who have, uh, who have, been texting me just about some of the draft picks. Uh, This courtesy of uh, Ian Holmes, uh, a guy, uh, a really uh, really good reporter uh, on the island. He works in Nanaimo and Ian Holmes uh, sent me over. He's uh, sent me over just a text message exchange uh, talking about about Adar Sunyev who plays for the Penticton Vs. This comes from the voice of the Vs uh, who says uh, NHL shot, NHL body, needs to work on skating and consistency. Great value at 80, uh, has all the tools to be a solid power forward. So that's coming from the voice of the Penticton Vs, um, Rogers Fraser. And, uh, yeah, so NHL shot, NHL body. And you talked a little bit about the same thing. Really, really um, big bully-type player out there is Adar Sinia.
2: He's the throwback, and the line we used in our 2023 NHL draft guide is – power forward style reminiscent of a bygone era so that speaks to the throwback kind of not to put a comparison and this certainly isn't the expectation that he develops into but a Todd Bertuzzi type that can pull his way around the ice can use his size to protect the puck can also incorporate that finesse style play in passing and has the ability to fend off defenders buy time for teammates to get in the right positions again He's, he's got some things to, that he's going to need to work on, as all prospects do, but there's some really interesting potential with the physicality, the playmaking, the finesse, and the potential he has for further development.
1: Things have kind of quieted down on the trade front. We haven't had anything really major so far today. We've got a couple of cap dumps uh josh bailey cost the new york islanders a second round pick in 2026 to move to chicago the blackhawks then quickly moved to put him on unconditional waivers and will buy him out so bailey is going to become an unrestricted free agent on saturday cost the islanders a second round pick though to get rid of that five million on the final year of his contract and then you've got the Oilers, who traded pending RFA, Clem Costin, and forward Kyler Yamamoto with one year left on his deal of $3.1 million. They traded him to Detroit for future consideration. So again, straight cap dump. And uh, that saves the Oilers $3.1 million, And the Red Wings will uh, work on signing extensions for both Costin and Yamamoto. And then the, the one that's, I think, most interesting today, and that is the Corey Perry acquisition from Chicago. The Blackhawks give up a seventh round pick next year for the rights to cory perry the 48, 48 hour, hour negotiating rates. window to cory perry he's a ufa on saturday
2: yeah very interesting and again if you are rebuilding your organization You can't just strip it right down to the nuts and bolts and play 23, you know, 18 to 23-year-olds. You need the veteran presence. You need guys that have been through the trenches, the wars. You need guys who know how to win. You need guys who know how to set the tone for the expectation of an organization. And certainly Corey Perry has that in spades, being a Stanley Cup winner, being a guy that's been at an elite, elite level through his NHL career. He's not necessarily that top-line player he once was but he's still a valuable commodity in in sort of the ways that he can push forward a rebuilding organization. I'll be curious to see what happens with him, whether or not, again, you mentioned he's got 48 hours to negotiate exclusively with the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that a position that he's comfortable with? Does he wonder what his options are? Does he want to be on a contender more so than a rebuilding team? These are answers that only Corey Perry can uh, come to the conclusion to, but it's a very interesting move for the Chicago Blackhawks. I quite like it to be honest, because you do need those tone setters for your organization, and they lost two big ones this year in Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane.
1: Yeah, it's it's it is interesting that the Hawks go down that road, but from a leadership play, I, I don't mind it at all. I find the, I, I think that's actually a really interesting decision that the Blackhawks made, and their head coach is Luke Richardson. Apparently, yeah. according to a couple of a uh, couple of people that you know, they were really Really big on uh, really big on or Richardson rather was really big on Perry when he was a member of the Montreal Canadiens that year so Uh, That's also another little interesting side plot to the whole thing as Corey Perry's negotiating rights go to the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, um, just in terms of where we are, we're into round five of the NHL draft. Around the Flames do not have a pick in. Just, uh, I'll give you the last few picks. Um, The Buffalo Sabres go to the goaltending side of things Uh, from WHL Seattle. They take Scott Ratzlaff, 141st overall. The Senators going to OHL Kitchener at 140th overall. They take Matthew uh, six foot 6'2", two, 200-pound defenseman. Uh, Carolina going to Quinnipiac in the NCAA to select Charles Alexis Legault. He's a defenseman. And finally at 138th overall, uh, back to the U.S. National Development Team, the St. Louis Blues select defenseman Paul Fisher, 6'1", 200 pounds. Those are the, the last four. Four picks that we've seen here on the board as we're well into the fifth round of this year's draft. Anything else? Jump off the page to you. Any uh, names that you've seen over at FC Hockey that you guys really like?
2: That Buffalo pick at 141, goaltender Scott Rasloff. He was one of our top ranked goaltenders. He was fourth among North American goalies by NHL Central Scouting. We had him 81st overall. He was sixth overall in our goaltending rankings. And he was an interesting case because. Great numbers, 2.15 goals against average, 918 save percentage, and not quite a platoon situation with another 2023 NHL draft eligible goalie in Thomas Millich. Millich, of course, has been passed over the last two drafts. He's in his last year of eligibility, but Seattle was an absolutely dynamite team this season. Scott Raslaff is going to be one of those guys that as he gets an expanded role with Millich moving on, he could be a, a curious, sneaky pick. He's a hybrid style goalie who we think has a lot of upside.
1: Uh, So now, as we are halfway through the fifth round, uh, we can tell you the Flames are back on the clock again, uh, still a little ways away, but they will go at 176th overall. We're up to 145th, so still 30 or so picks until the Flames make their next selection. But we are uh, four and a half rounds into the 2023 NHL draft with two and a half rounds still to go, half of round five, then round six and round Round seven. Are we, Um. as, as you know, I take a look and I, I see, uh, I just saw Dave Notice walk back onto the floor. And um, are we surprised that the Flames have been as quiet as they, as, I don't want to say they've been quiet because they traded Tyler Toffoli. They traded Toffoli on Tuesday. I thought, and look, there could still be a move between now and when we wrap things up. I thought there was going to be one move. I thought they were going to make, I did not think they were going to go dealless through this draft, but I thought it was probably going to be around one is kind of what I was feeling heading into it. And that's not trying to pat myself on the back. Believe me, I'm wrong way more often than I'm right. But it, it felt like one, maybe two uh, two trades, two moves made by the Flames while they're here in Nashville. There's just so much work that needs to be done. And all the talk that I have been Privy to all the things that people have told me, all the things that that I have been able to procure or that you have heard from around the league or whatever. Just everything is pointed to them being really deliberate and really, really guarding against rushing anything. And with so many decisions to make, with so many players that they need to figure out, you just wonder to yourself if it was a little bit too much to expect the 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 amount of deals that some people were hoping for to actually transpire in a three or four day span here in nashville uh, at the draft i get it that everybody's together and i get it the draft is always a hotbed of activity doesn't mean you have to do everything all in that same day or that same week
2: well to that point that last point that you just made yes everybody's here no it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do something in their presence However, a lot of groundwork for future deals can be done this week at the NHL draft with all through two, all 32 general managers hanging out, mingling, doing whatnot. So coming into this week, I kind of had it in my mind if we were going to play the odds here, what would you set the line on Calgary Flames transactions? And this is pre-Tyler Toffoli. And in my head, I kind of had that number of 1.5 I Yeah, I would have gone
1: 1.5. If I was a bookmaker or yeah. odds maker, I would have gone 1.5 too.
2: So we're sitting at 1 right now. All we need is one more deal to get it over that, over that uh, number, that figure. But I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. And, again, and we've talked about it at length, what you need to do if you're Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames is – If you're moving on from Noah Hannafin and you're moving on from Elias Lindholm, you have to get those deals right. You can't rush into something just because you want to make a splash and you want to make a name for yourself at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville at the 2023 NHL Draft. That's not the right approach. And we've heard time and time again from Craig Conroy, they're going to take a slow approach. They're going to evaluate a lot of things. They're not in a rush. There's no artificial deadlines here. The NHL draft could have technically been one of those fake artificial deadlines where we need to move him before round one starts and get those assets and get those players directly into the organization. Well, if the deals weren't there to be made, you don't make the deals. You don't take less for the sake of doing something sooner. And you yep. need to fully understanding the under, uh, the situation with Elias and home. You need to know exactly where his head's at. You, you need the declaration that he's either 100% in or 100% out and then you move from there. So I get the not even calling it a hesitation, but I get the importance of executing patience at a time like this because after last summer and a franchise changing summer under Brad Living in the Calgary Flames, you have another franchise defining summer with craig connery and the calgary flames
1: yeah and and who knows i mean this one this one could end up being just as franchise defining for different reasons and there's a lot of different ways that uh this could be franchise defining for him and so i i uh and and so far you know the to trade seems to be right in line with where a lot of the other players of his age and his position have landed you take a you know just and and again if you take a look at what taylor hall riley smith and kevin hayes all around the same age got their teams who traded him and what Tyler Toffoli got the Flames and knowing what Toffoli was last year and just comparing him it seems like it was market value what the Flames got for Toffoli um they got they got more than of, of all of them they they did get the largest return for veteran 30 plus wingers they got the most but at the same time Foley's also coming off the best year and yep. probably had the the most value but there just wasn't a ton of value in those players there just was not a lot of um was not high prices being paid for veteran wingers
2: no and you're seeing GMs around the league bargain shopping I guess if you will to a certain degree on some of those deals and you mentioned Tyler Foley was the most productive of that group having 34 goals and 73 points in 82 games with Calgary but is he a 34-goal, 70-point guy? Because the year before, he topped out at 39, or pardon me, 49 points total with 20 goals in that scenario. So what is Tyler Toffoli at 31 coming off a career year? I don't know if he necessarily is a guy that's going to go above and beyond that. I think uh, as an organization that's acquiring him in the New Jersey Devils, you hope he can replicate it, but you have to wonder what room is there for growth and then layer in the fact that in 367-ish days' time, he's going to be looking to kickstart his next contract, which I imagine he was hoping to sign an extension now to cash in on that career year. And you wonder, is the term going to be there? Is the dollars going to be there? It wasn't something the Calgary Flames were able to um, negotiate down to a point that they were comfortable looking at the extension. So all these factors kind of layer in together, and that's why you're seeing the return for those veteran wingers that we're talking about.
1: Uh, And I think that they have been very adamant that they're not going to push – they're not going to be pushing Lindholm to give them a decision. They're not going to give him a hard deadline, and I know a lot of people would like them to give a hard deadline, but they really want to re-sign him. Frank Saravalli told us on Wednesday that the Flames are still going to make one more run at trying to convince Michael Backlund to stay and see if they can get him to re-sign and, and be here longer than one year. I also believe, um, from what I understand, I, specifically on the Backlund front, I think Backlund is fully fine, uh, even if they're unable to convince him to sign. I think Backlund is is fully fine and would embrace coming back on the final year of his contract. Just talking to a couple of people that I trust. I I think that there's, you know, even been discussions about, yeah, maybe, maybe, if, if they can't trade Backlund, if there's just no, no, nothing that makes sense, Backlund wouldn't have any problem coming back and finishing out the last year of his contract. And maybe you can use that last year of his contract to convince him to stay. Maybe there, look, there had been trade requests that had been in, a reported trade request that had been in, that had been rescinded by Michael at different times. So I, I do think he's a guy that you can convince if you're going in the right direction, that then, then maybe sticking around is the way to go. So I'm just, you know, you don't need to trade Backlund this summer. You don't need to trade Lindholm right away if you still think there's a chance that he could re-sign. And you want to take your time on a Noah Hannafin trade. Even you want to take your time on a Chris Tanev trade uh, and, and determine, you know, do you need to trade a Tanev? If you're going to trade Hannafin, maybe Tanev becomes a little bit more important to keep for next year. There's just a lot of different things, and that's why I, I can't get a full gauge on, like, I, ca- I can't sit here and tell you what I think about the Flames offseason season after one trade heck i can't even tell you what i think about calgary's overall cap situation after one trade and one signing related to that trade i I still think you gotta take a look at the bigger picture and let's talk in mid-august or or late august about what this whole thing looks like because it, it does feel like there are a number of interconnected pieces right now
2: Absolutely, and we also haven't even hit free agency yet, so we don't know exactly what's going to go on there or the cap situation that the Flames are going to find themselves in after what could be a busy day league-wide. The free agent crop isn't necessarily overflowing with impact talent, but we are not. We haven't even hit the July 1 date yet, and we've already talked about how transformative this offseason has been for the Calgary Flames, whether it's been GM coach uh, player personnel decisions that are upcoming like there has been no shortage of buzz around the Calgary new head coach there's been no shortage of buzz and attention and speculation and intense heat on the calgary flames organization so when you have these situations that you need to decide upon whether it's to move a player or whether it's the return on a player you've already decided to move there's a lot of facets a lot of layers you don't just jump head first and dive into the pool on this when you are making these significant, significant franchise-altering changes. So I have no problems with the fact that as it stands on uh, Thursday, June 29th, the Calgary Flames have made one player personnel move and have kind of, hes- not even hesitated, but have taken the time and the patient approach when it comes to some of the other players that are significant, significant pieces on your roster currently and could fetch you significant returns on the trade market
1: uh okay uh just before we hit the break let me tell you uh some of the more uh interesting or notable recent picks we're in the fifth round of the nhl draft so i'll uh, tell you a couple of them first of all uh, i think it's very interesting to see that the brother of winnipeg jets defenseman neil pionk uh, aaron pionk has been selected by the minnesota wild so they'll be nice and close together uh, aaron pionk goes 149th overall to the minnesota wild he is a 6'1 173 pound defenseman at a ushl waterloo we have seen goaltender thomas Milich go yes. to the winnipeg jets he played Uh, last year with seattle in the western league he goes 151st to the winnipeg jets and how about the toronto maple leafs uh going to the ajhl and the brooks bandits uh hudson melinoski goes to the toronto maple leafs at 153rd overall It's a little aj contingent the brooks bandits represented at 153 overall and the toronto maple leafs
2: Curious about Thomas Milich there because we talked about Scott Ratzlaff, his uh, goaltending partner in Seattle. Millich was the guy, the go-to guy for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League and an absolute, absolute wagon of a team that, that you know just continued to roll through. Again, this was sort of the last-ditch effort for him to get drafted. He'd been passed over two years before, and you wonder... I get, Canada's goalie at the World Juniors, if I'm not mistaken. You wondered, is he going to really escape through three draft classes without being selected? And if he did, I guarantee you there's probably going to be 32 free agent invites to come to our development camp in one week because he's got that sort of pedigree. So interesting to see him come off the board at 151 to the Winnipeg Jets uh what else am i into chase Chesslock of the new jersey devils at 154 he's a guy that was still really high on our board he played at rogers high a minnesota high school program six foot three 208 pound right shot defenseman who averaged more than a point a game on his minnesota high school circuit so there's a lot of uh skills that he possessed that are going to be very adaptable very transferable to the nhl game uh very curious to see him come off the board there
1: with uh, Aaron Vickers my name is Pat Steinberg as we continue along on the draft floor here uh we're hanging out with you at Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville Twenton Tennessee it is the Flames who have made four of their six picks two more still to go we're coming towards the end of round number five so we are almost uh five rounds through sixth round just minutes away Aaron Vickers of FC Hockey my name is Pat Steinberg we're available on Apple Spotify Google Amazon or wherever you get your podcast the 2023 nhl draft and it's brought to you by our friends at calgary lock and safe summer's here and so is high staff turnover reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from calgary lock and safe calgary lock and safe Dot .com back with more uh we still are, are going to chat with both Jaden lipinski and Adar Seniev two of the most recent picks of the Calgary Flames who are both in the building we've already spoken to ATM moran uh the second round pick of the Flames lots more still to get to as we continue on the draft floor from Nashville Steinberg along with you and this is the 2023 NHL draft on Sportsnet 960 the fan
0: Now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan
1: flames have made four picks in this uh this year's 2023 nhl draft and their most recent pick joins us right now welcome back to bridgestone arena we're here on radio row and uh let's say hello to vancouver giants forward jaden lipinski who goes in the fourth round to the calgary flames been a uh it's been a special day i bet it's been a stressful day but uh stress gone i would imagine now congratulations man
6: thank you it's uh so cool to be chosen by a you know a canadian franchise and to just have it be Calgary, and uh, you know I know a few faces here, so it's uh, exciting.
1: Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know the guy who got uh, picked last night, uh, your do. teammate Sam Hanzek. That's uh that's got to be
6: pretty cool. Yeah, it's surreal. I didn't even remember it until someone brought his name up. I'm like, oh my god, like he's going too. So uh, it'll be cool to have a familiar face. Man.
1: Oh, so that didn't even click right away, hey? Because you're so caught up and just get exactly. Picked, hey?
6: I had no idea, but then I, I thought about it for a second, and it's pretty cool.
1: Okay, so let's uh let's talk let's talk a little bit about the day. Um, everybody
6: says they black out when they hear their name. Is that what happened to you? Um, no, I, I kind of remember it just because I just remember waiting and, like, being anxious, and when it finally happened, it was just, like, a sense of relief. Okay, uh, and what
1: happens from there? What? How much of a whirlwind is it once you are going through all of what happens backstage we don't see it we just see this but apparently it is chaos back there
6: yeah a lot of waiting a lot of lines a lot of pictures (laughs) uh signing a few things but uh it's uh it's a cool experience and uh i couldn't trade it for anything okay you go to the calgary flames how exciting is that uh it's it's crazy i mean uh you know one of my buddies is colton lankow and obviously his dad damon lankow played there so uh you got got a few connections and um, I'm really excited. I mean, uh, I could have went to, you know, my opinion, a little bit less fortunate places, but uh, Calgary's a great spot.
1: Okay. So, did you uh,
6: did you have any talks with Calgary leading up to the draft? Had you spoken with them? Did you have
1: any type of idea they might be interested in you?
6: Yeah, I knew they were high on me, but uh, you know, other than the interviews at the combine and you talked to a few scouts, I mean, I was it was pretty uh, it was a surprise for sure.
1: Okay. So, what do you what do you know about the city of Calgary?
6: Well, I know uh, it's a nice spot in the summer. Um, it's a little bit colder than Arizona yep, here, but yep, uh, you know, yeah, I heard the stampedes coming up, and that's pretty much all I know. Okay, so
1: <laughs> okay, and that's where I wanted to go next. You are an Arizona guy, but uh, you've played. You're, you're playing in Vancouver, the Western League. So tell me about tell me about how an Arizona kid gets into
6: playing hockey. How did it all work for you? Well, uh, there are not too many ranks in Arizona, but uh, there's one called the Ice Den, and I just remember being there um, for a public skate, and then uh, I just fell in love with it, and then I had a stick in my hands, and then I figured out I could make some money doing this, so uh, I, I really, <laughs> I kind of gravitated to it, but uh, it's it's just truly my love.
1: Uh, Scottsdale, is that is that where yes. you, uh, that's where you were born and raised? Yes. Okay, so... As you've grown up in Scottsdale, how much is hockey grown? How much has it become a larger and larger deal?
6: Oh, it's, it's growing, and, and no one even knows it, but uh, it's growing every year. I mean, you see guys taken in the draft. Um, you're going to see more prospects come out of it, but uh, having the Coyotes there have been huge, yep. and hopefully they can stay. Were you a Coyotes guy growing up? Oh, 100%. Uh, it's funny, Shane Doan actually came down and shook my hand, and I was so starstruck I couldn't even talk. But, uh, yeah, really cool, really cool moment.
1: Uh, Jaden Lipinski is with us. He gets uh, taken by the Calgary Flames in the fourth round of the 2023 NHL Draft. Vancouver Giants forward um tell us about you tell us about uh, you as a player if you were to be put yourself back in in those interviews how do you describe yourself as a player
6: well uh, i think i'm a unique player um i'm a big two-way guy who can play defense but as well as contribute offensively i think uh, i'm a guy who can play up and down the lineup and uh, brings a lot of upside so you uh had the big jump going
1: from one year to the next in terms of points just tell us about year one in the western league to year two in the western league
6: well for anyone coming in the league for most guys it's extremely hard to get used to the pace and the physicality and things like that so uh, i think i really developed my confidence later in my first year and then uh, i was able to carry that to next year and have that confidence and sort of the swagger and then uh, you know it just comes easier as you know you are be in the league longer
1: yeah it, did you did you notice it most with production
6: uh in terms of the points you were putting up or did you notice in in other areas as well well uh i think that the points kind of correlate to your ice time so you know going from the first year to second year your coach trusts you a little bit more to put you out more and uh i, mean, I think mainly it's just the speed of it and you get used to the speed and uh you can make more plays you are uh six foot four right is that uh, where, you're, is that where think, you're measuring right now? I think with my hair, yes, but I think I'm <laughs> six, three and a half. Okay, well the,
1: the hair does help. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay, it, still, big boy, and how have you been- how have you grown into using your size and strength like is that is that an area that you feel comfortable with or do you sometimes maybe not use it enough i'm, I'm curious because you know when, when you're 17 18 years old and you're bigger than a lot of guys sometimes you don't know it but have you been able to use that size to your advantage a lot you think
6: yeah for sure and that's part of the learning process um you know learning filling out in your own body and learning how to use your body and i think uh i've used it well so far and uh i think it's going to continue to develop and you know figuring out ways to you know be more assertive and things like that so that's mainly my focus is being a little bit more aggressive and using my size in that way because i'm good with the puck but uh you know without the puck it's it's a little bit of a process you made sure to mention the the defensive
1: side of the game how much do you take pride in away from the puck play and in your own zone?
6: Well, I think it's everything. I mean, I'm not a guy who's like uh, Sam Honzik, who's that skilled, so I, I have to bring a little bit more upside on the defensive side, and uh, I take a lot of pride in it. I think it's it's part of my identity, and being that two-way guy is, uh, I think, what got me here. Well, talk, I, I'll ask you a few questions about Sam in a second, but tell us about playing in Vancouver and, and being a member of the Giants. What What's that been like? It's unreal. I, I can't think of many better spots to be in. Uh, it's a great city, and you know my billets are also phenomenal shout out to them but uh it's a great spot how uh so how did
1: it end up being you going to Vancouver how did that all come about
6: well I I was passed up in the Bantam draft and uh, a few months later we were playing a tournament in Arizona I was playing with Colton Lankow who was drafted by the Giants and I think he made me look pretty good, and so they ended up listing me, and then uh, I think a year later they offered me a contract.
1: Okay. Uh, was that a pretty pretty much a no-brainer, or were you considering going the college route?
6: I was, yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is the best way to do it in terms of playing in the NHL, and at, uh, that's what I wanted to do. So when they offered the contract, okay. I just couldn't pass it up.
1: Okay. Jaden Lipinski is with us. Okay. Tell us who was, uh, t- who was with you in the stands. Who did you get to celebrate with?
6: Uh, my dad my uh, stepmom and a few of my buddies and as well as my agent okay and so
1: any uh, emotional for them did you get any tears how'd it go
6: no no tears yeah i'm sure my dad will cry at some point but uh it was mainly just i was just thanking them for you know not only supporting me but just being there with me and uh it was a huge honor
1: congratulations man thank
6: you so awesome much stuff Jaden Lipinski is the fourth round selection of the
1: Calgary Flames. He goes 112th overall to the Flames and uh, the Flames are up on board. You get to now you get to watch uh, your new teammate get selected. Uh, he goes 112th overall to the Flames and uh, now I uh, now I think you got to go follow him now I think. I think Kelso Kelso will continue uh Ushering you around. Thank you, Jaden. Good stuff, man. Congratulations, Jaden lipinski of the Vancouver Giants. Here we go.
4: Dynamo Junior, Yegor Yegorov. So the, selects Yegor
1: Yegorov from Moscow, Junior, Russia. Yegor Yegorov is the. 100 and what was that what number was that that was for the Calgary Flames 176 Yegor Yegorov is the latest draft pick for the Calgary Flames look things come at you quick at the draft we went right from Jaden Lipinski and picked it up just in time to get Yegor Yegorov as the newest member of the Calgary Flames sixth round pick 176th overall that is the newest member of the Calgary Flames Mr. Vickers
2: uh, I'm not going to lie, we don't have a book on him. He didn't register in our draft guide, but he is a six foot three, 183-pound goaltender. So what this screams to me is the Calgary Flames saw a run on goaltenders. There was four or five in a row late in that fifth round, and the Calgary Flames just weren't willing to wait to see what was happening with that goalie. The The team around Jordan Sigalette identified this player as a goalie. They've taken some late-round swings on goalies. We all know how Dustin Wolf is currently working out. The Calgary Flames saw some size and some potential in a six 6'3", 17-year-old, one of the youngest players in this entire draft class. He doesn't even turn 18 until August 30th. So clearly there's something in his game that the Calgary Flames and the goaltending team certainly like.
1: Yeah, so their sixth-round pick is a
2: goaltender. Oh, pardon me, he's an overager. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm mixing up two different files here.
1: He is a goaltender. He's 6'3", 183. Yep. No, I think he got 17 right round. Yep. There is
2: right now. There is another Yegor Yegorov that is a defenseman coming out of Russia that would have been a double overager for this draft class. So two Yegor Yegorovs exist, Calgary got the goalie got one, the, and you got the
1: seventeen-year-old goaltender. Yes,
2: hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Not not the twenty-year-old uh, double defenseman.
1: Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, you know what? No, we'll continue. I'll I'll uh, I'll fire you off some of his numbers. So this past year, uh, playing with uh, Dynamo Moskva in uh, Moscow, so he was playing in the MHL, which is their top junior league. Uh, he went uh, nine-fifteen save percentage, two-point-two-nine goals against average. Was uh, his last season playing junior with moscow i uh, played 15 games for them this past year were his numbers so 17 year old goaltender um and that is uh that is the sixth round pick for the Calgary flames and look i will say jordan sigillette and the flames have hit pretty well on some of their goaltender picks even arsene daniel uh Daniel Chechelev both look like interesting prospects so we all know about dustin wolf as a late round pick but they've done some pretty good work with some later round goaltending picks of late
2: Absolutely, and this is one, again, typically we've seen some opportunities where the Calgary Flames will will move to a goalie for the seventh-round pick. There have been a lot of goalies that have come off the board over the course of the last 20-ish picks, so this was a situation where on their list they identified a goalie that was clearly their top target, and instead of chancing it, here's your opportunity to take them, build that pool up a little bit more, you have the potential of maybe even graduating Dustin Wolf to the NHL this season, so you need to continually feed that pipeline a little bit. Calgary Flames opt to do that with Yegorov, and there's certainly something in this 17-year-old, six-foot-three netminder that they uh- like. MHL
1: is their top junior league, yes. correct? VHL yes. is like their AHL. Is like their AHL. Yeah. I always, HL I always their, like yeah. to uh, make that. Um, I, li- I always like to make sure I get that right. MHL is the top junior league in Russia. KHL is the top pro league. The VHL is their uh, top pro feeder league in Russia. So uh, a Russian goaltender selected by the Calgary Flames. Their first goaltender selected. So Flames have now made five picks: three forwards. A defenseman and a goaltender Correct. with one more pick still to go uh, seventh round. Yegor Yegorov is the latest member of the Calgary Flames. I actually quite like when teams take swings like this in round six and round seven. Absolutely. Go with the goaltenders here.
2: You do that because you identified a trait in a, in a player that makes you think that he can be... And, and it's just, all you're looking for is one or two traits when you get down to the fifth, six, seven rounds that makes this person elite in one category, and then you try to round out the rest. And we've seen Jordan Siglett again and the goaltending crew F- endlessly scout goaltenders. We know the legwork that they put into this and i'd be very curious to get into a conversation with uh sigillette and his team to see what they identified in his game to to make him the 176th pick in the 2023 draft
1: and it's funny even talking to todd button the director of amateur scouting on tuesday or even talking to him going through the years uh, when it's uh when it's a goaltender they leave that all in in sigillette's hands they they, you know what you're the he's got his goaltending team it's like siggy you've got the goaltenders we trust you and this is when you know i I think they kind of look in a Lot of ways they, they've got their area scouts, which become really important as you get into the later rounds because um, they have like their, their overarching guys who see everybody, and they have their area guys who see people in Ontario or the Western yep. region or you know, whatever. And that's what and the goaltenders are kind of looked at as an area team as well. And you just wonder how much Jordan Sigalette and his goaltending group was pushing to make sure that they get this guy uh, and they end up getting him in the sixth round i'll be really curious to talk to todd button about that and hear what he has to say
2: absolutely this is again they've earned the trust to say hey we need to take this guy now the the calgary flames goalie scouting staff and the, the goalie development team the goalie contingent forming the calgary flames coaching staff so again i'd be very curious to see what they see and again he only There wasn't a lot of opportunity this season to necessarily see him. I think he only started 15 games or so this season, 915 save percentage, 2.29 goals against a 9-4-0 record. So in the short sample size that did exist there, there's certainly, uh, certainly the numbers reflect well on him.
1: Also, important to note that in a span of about 48 hours, the Flames went from zero to two Yegors in the organization. Uh, oh no, Yegor Don't make me do it. And Yegor Yegorov, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Actually, really, don't do it. Okay. But Yegor Sharenkovich and uh, Yegor Yegorov uh, both added to the Flames organization in the span of 48 hours. It's actually uh, pretty cool when you think about it. Uh, and and look i i again does this mean that Yegor Yegorov is going to be what dustin wolf has turned into of course not no yeah. but this is when you take swings on goaltenders raw goaltenders as you mentioned one of the youngest players in this draft a 17 year old uh this is when you take this is when you take swings right he was Born in August of 2005, a very, very young prospect. And you would imagine at 6'3, 183, a pretty raw goaltending prospect. But you imagine the the little bit more bulk put out of that frame, and we could be talking about a really, really Interesting goaltending prospect. That'll be the uh, third kind of Eastern European goaltender that they've added in recent years. Daniel Chechelev is overplaying in pro hockey. Arseny Sergeyev's been playing in the end. USHL first and yes. now playing in the NCAA. So they, uh, they've they definitely gone to Russia recently for some of their goaltending and, and have no idea how Sergeyev or, or Chechelev are going to translate. But at the very least, they've turned into somewhat interesting goaltending prospects for the team.
2: And I'll be very curious, the development platform, because as you mentioned, those are two European goalies that came over to North America to, to continue their careers. I don't necessarily know if that's the scenario here or not. If it's not, you have an opportunity to let them percolate and grow and establish. Because, again, you mentioned he's going to be a, a raw, raw player, a goaltender at 17 uh that you're drafting in the sixth round you don't necessarily project the Dustin wolf trajectory where he could be in the nhl four seasons later so you you kind of just set him aside let him percolate let him grow before getting your hands on him and again mentioning the age yes he's 17 six foot three 183 i wonder if there isn't more room in the analysis you know the height certainly is there i wonder if there's another inch or two that can grow again one of the youngest players in the draft, you add on weight. I wonder what the physical development element of this pick is as well, because the Calgary Flames would probably have certainly investigated. You know, It's funny what teams will do when they're trying to figure out the draft picks. And How tall is your dad? How tall is your mom? Any siblings? What did they do? When did they hit growth spurts? Things of that sort. There is no stone unturned by NHL teams when it comes to learning about prospects. And I'll be very curious to see, you know, has he even done his physical development, never never mind his actual maturity on ice?
1: Yeah, it's uh, now almost done round number six Uh, Boston is currently on the clock at pick 188 Uh, the Flames have one more selection and that is at 208 overall they have selected five players so far most recently Yegor Yegorov who is a Russian goaltender out of Moscow played for the uh, their MHL Dynamo Moscow team uh, the last couple years and uh, he is their sixth round pick prior to that Samuel Hanzek, first round out of the Vancouver Giants. Etienne Moren, second round out of the Moncton Wildcats. Adar Siniev, third round out of the Penticton Vs. And Jaden Lipinski, fourth round out of the Vancouver Giants. Uh, cool to see that uh, Lipinski and Hanzek uh, both coming from the same team we had to wrap things up with Lipinski I was getting the wrap because the Flames had to focus on their next pick so I didn't get to uh, talk to Jaden too much about Samuel Hanzek just because of the timing but that's what happens as I mentioned things come at you fast at the NHL draft including this next break which we're going to take it's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers along with you on the draft floor here at the 2023 NHL draft we're at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville Tennessee FC Hockey's Aaron Vickers Pat Steinberg along with you and our coverage is brought to you by South Trail Chrysler hey it's Jeetma at South Trail Chrysler with tons of Cherokee Jeep, cherokee grand cherokee and jeep wranglers all in stock go to selftrailchrysler.com for more information back with more sixth round coming to an end we'll be into the seventh round by the time we talk to you around the corner still have to talk to craig conroy and todd button we'll go through the entire draft class with the director of amateur scouting stay with us as we continue uh we're moving towards round number seven of the 2023 nhl draft it's steinberg and vickers with you here on sportsnet 960 the Fan.
0: Now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft, live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Vicks, we're well into the seventh round. Here we go. The final round of the 2023 NHL Draft is underway. The uh, Flames are... uh, getting ready to make their last pick in just a little bit they uh we're about 15 10, 10 15 picks away from the flames making their pick but we have uh, flown by yeah. so
2: far this thing is absolutely cooking we're only about well, three hours in feels like it's been about 10 minutes to be perfectly honest uh, the whirlwind of stuff that's happened so far
1: absolutely it just absolutely flies at you and Look, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't seem like we'll. We'll get to the Flames' draft picks in a second, and we'll get you ready for their uh, seventh-round pick, which is coming up. Uh, but it doesn't seem like the Flames are, and most teams. But it doesn't feel like big moves from the Calgary Flames are coming here. It doesn't feel like we're going to be seeing a, a blockbuster trade. They moved Tyler to Foley on Tuesday, but as we're into the seventh round, all that first-round capital is gone. Um, you know, you don't. You're not rushing to make picks involving uh, trades rather involving picks from next year's draft you're not rushing to do that now and the flames have been very adamant they do not want to rush things and here we are well into the seventh round and the flames have made the one deal so far
2: Patience has been the name of the game for Craig Conroy as it revolves around potential moving of pending unrestricted free agents. And I don't think that's a
1: bad thing. No,
2: I I think it's the right approach, particularly taking a calm, measured approach. And what can happen when you hit the draft floor on Wednesday and you're having conversations, if you are having conversations about potentially moving a key member of your team, uh, there's a lot of emotion involved. on the draft floor because if you're looking at a 2023 first round pick on Wednesday you can see the player you can see his face you can see him wearing the jersey you know roughly who you're going to get so you can fall into a situation where it becomes an emotional decision just as much as it is a business one so the Calgary Flames have kind of avoided falling into that trap and again be patient wait see what happens because you cannot miss on moving any of your remaining restricted, unrestricted, pending unrestricted free agents. Sorry, Ryan Gesslaff just Ryan walked by, left and just the, by and give, said, give, oh, give oh, gave I the the pol- polite nod and the hello and hey, he said, got me a little flustered. I we got even, the same haircut now, so that's cool. Uh,
1: Getsy's co- gets uh, copying you. I just. Uh, I mean.
2: I'm I'm copying him. Let's no, be honest. No,
1: I think that he's he's pulled off the Aaron Vickers. Um, no, he just said hi to us. I was like, oh, that's Ryan Getzlaff.
2: Former Calgary Hitman Ryan uh, Getzlaff. I, I go way back with him, back to 2003, and even maybe a little bit prior before that. Oh yeah, you go way back, you guys. Uh, well, I mean, my going, first going my first beers? ever media gig in Calgary was covering the so was, uh, so was Western mine. Hockey League and so the was Calgary Hitman. So. I started when he was a first-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks that draft year. So So, so
1: did I, but I'm not saying that I go way back with Ryan Getzlaff. I'm not saying I texted
2: him and said, hey, pop on by, I'm going to flex on Pat Steinberg Uh here. I'm just saying there's some recognition between Uh that, him rolling through with the Anaheim Ducks and covering the Calgary Flames and with NHL.com always being in the visitor's room. not saying that I know him and you don't. It was just a nice little acknowledgement from the uh, forever a hit man Ryan Getzlaff
1: did acknowledge both of us i know insane. you go but you go way back
2: way back 20 years bud. 20 years
1: getsy and vicks it's the name of a television show we
2: actually are gonna have a podcast that comes out with that name
1: i can't wait for that Just-
2: it's do basically it on, going to be me cutting audio clips to make it, it sound on, do like it we're Do it on a our network is all I'm
1: saying. Um, all right.
2: Buddy. Exclusive rights. Sports you can tell. The you fans. can
1: tell that we've just been rolling along, and there's been a lot of talking the last couple of days. Uh, you can tell that it's been one of those. Uh, it's been one of those days. Um, but these these they they go on a long time. Um, so here we are we're in round seven of the 2023 nhl draft uh you got a couple of uh you got a couple of idiots on your radio or on your flames talk podcast feed this entire uh this entire rounds two through seven will be available for you on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts on the flames talk podcast feed and of course your 2023 nhl draft is always live right here on sportsnet 960 the fan we're just a few minutes away from the flames Making their final pick of this year's draft. They have a seventh round pick still to go. That seventh round pick is at 208th overall. So far, they've selected at 1648. Eighty, one, twelve, 112 and 176 uh they will be at 208 very very shortly for their seventh round pick and final pick of this year's draft this will be their sixth overall selection the flames did not have a fifth round pick in this year's draft i believe that fifth round pick was uh part of the Tafoli trade the first tyler to trade uh that was the fifth round pick i believe that Uh, helped them take Tyler Pitlick's deal in Montreal, uh, which is why they did not have a fifth-round pick this year.
2: Yes, the incoming trade and, of course, the outgoing trade on Tyler Toffoli involved Calgary's own number 80 pick. Suniev from Penticton of the BC Hockey League was the return on that, so now things start to come together a little bit more there's a little bit more vision on what that calgary flames trade with the new jersey devils actually look like involving tyler to uh
1: last few picks the ottawa senators just went to bchl salmon arm to select center iceman owen beckner he goes at 204th overall um prior to that san jose at 200 and th- 203 uh, went to Belarus and Dynamo Moscow in Russia uh, to select Belarusian forward Yegor Um Buffalo has just selected their 205th overall pick. We'll tell you about him in a second. Uh, 206 is San Jose. 207 is ottawa and then it's 208 and the calgary flames and their final pick of the 2023 nhl draft as san jose makes their pick buffalo went to uh germany uh and ice baron berlin their junior squad and went to uh norwin Pinocha. he is a german defenseman at 6'1 178 pounds that was buffalo's 205th overall pick the most recent selection made here on the draft floor
2: I want to double back a little bit to the sixth round and and the pick of the Vancouver Canucks, Aiden Celebrini. I just want to reference him because he played in Brooks of the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League, sorry, but also the brother of Max Celebrini, who is the quasi-consensus number one pick for the 2024 draft. Shane Iserman uh, from National Team Development Program uh, at this stage will give him a run for his money, Aaron uh carrie hi of finland a finnish defenseman will also uh be in that conversation at least at this point as we stand 365-ish days out but uh congrats to aiden celebrini of the brooks bandits
1: um yeah absolutely and a couple of brooks players have been selected so far in uh in this year's draft um just uh sorry i'm sending a uh sending a couple of things back to the shop just needed to uh just need to uh, fix that before anything gets sent out uh, San Jose remains on the clock uh, as they get set to, to make a seventh round selection it'll be San Jose Ottawa and then Calgary I believe we might have a trade being uh, figured out right now which is what the uh, which is what the delay is
2: they're certainly running out the clock here
1: and we do have a trade
3: San Jose has traded the current pick number 206 to the Washington Capitals in exchange for Washington's own seventh round pick in 2025 that means washington is now on the clock i do find
1: it interesting like even in the seventh round we're talking about teams still finding players that they really really want and they're willing to make a deal and obviously the price that you're going to pay in round for a around seven pick is going to be a whole lot different than for a round two pick yes thank you rocket scientist pat but i do find it interesting that even in the seventh round into the 200s that we see teams making trades to get their guy uh washington who Gets that pick from San Jose, selects Antoine Keller at 206, which puts Ottawa on the clock at 207, and then the Calgary Flames will be up at 208.
2: The Washington Capitals ahead, didn't have a remaining pick in the draft, so obviously there's something in Antoine Keller that they, they identified and were willing to sacrifice a pick two years down the road to get a guy in their organization yeah. now.
1: The Ottawa Senators have just selected Vladimir Nikitin at 207 overall, which puts the Calgary Flames on the sala- on the clock. This is their last selection of the 2023 NHL draft, and they're doing it at number 208 uh, as they make their sixth and final selection of this year's draft. They only had three picks last year. Here comes Calgary's Blacks last pick.
4: From Rugla Jr., Axel Herkig. So they go to Sweden for their final pick.
2: I love this defenseman. Okay. He was absolutely outstanding for me at the u18 world championships he's a defense first defenseman he is massive i don't have his vitals up just yet but he's somewhere in the neighborhood of six foot four 200 pounds an absolute six shutdown foot four, defenseman.
1: 202 pounds
2: listen there's not a lot of flash and dash in his game i do think that his offensive capabilities or at least his transitional play and puck moving capabilities were a little bit underrated throughout the year because what i saw at the u18s there was that wrinkle where you go oh, this guy isn't just a big hulking defenseman that can only look after blue line in. This is, for me, I think in every mock draft I did for the Calgary Flames leading up to the 2023 NHL draft, I tried to go out of my way to include him on the roster. There were a couple players that I did that for. He is one of them. He was number 132 on the FC hockey board, 100th among European skaters uh, for central scouting, just a physically imposing defenseman who can be an eraser-type player but also for me has that wrinkle of he's not just that there's going to be some transitional play that if he can further develop these again there was some uh he, he showed spurts of it and i think this is a really good pick for the calgary flames this is one i'm really excited about so
1: the final pick of the 2023 nhl draft for the calgary flames is axel Hertig. he is a six foot four 202 pound defenseman left shot played last year and the last couple of years with rogla in sweden and he goes 208th overall he had two goals and eight points in 34 games last year you called him a big defensive defenseman and that's uh that's the final player of the flames pick um as they go to the seventh round to go uh, with Hertig out of sweden interesting one now you know the one thing that i think a lot of people have picked up on there's been some size the flames have yes. looked at in this draft some size for sure
2: absolutely and so with that he can erase players along the boards he's gap control is great because he's got such a long wingspan so and his stick is obviously going to be long at that size so it's really tough for attacking forwards to you know generate any room off of them his skating is average and there's some room to improve on sort of the acceleration and explosiveness but uh, it's, it's not something that's a big red flag for us. Again, I'd like to see him get himself involved more in the transition, and we saw a spurs of that at the U18s, which made me uh, made me pretty exciting. To go. He's not just a one-dimensional player. It's going to be very interesting to see his development because, again, he's still going to be raw. He's still young. He's still learning how to fully use those sort of uh, physical tools that he has. But I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan. Once I, I was like, I didn't quite catch the name when it was announced. And I'm like, oh, it's Axel. Oh, okay, I can can 100% get behind this pick. This is one I'm legitimately, like, this was a guy that I had targeted for the Calgary Flames trying to steal him in every mock draft. Really? There we go, yeah.
1: And did you get him in most mock drafts?
2: Honestly, no. So the way our mock draft builder at FC Hockey is built is there's a lot of random elements to it. So sometimes you'd be there, sometimes you wouldn't be. Because, again, once you get past the third, fourth rounds, things get so individualistic in terms of team-by-team lists. But again, he was a guy coming out of the U18s for Sweden that I really, really like. Sweden had a bunch of high-end defenders yep. in that in that tournament. Yep. Whether it's Sandin, Palika, Willander, but Hertig still, with all those high-end dynamic offensive players, Hertig was still able to grab my attention with some of the things he was able to do on the defensive side of the puck, which allowed some of the more offensive guys to do what they do as well. I mean, not to put the cart before the horse here, but if he hits his trajectory and can improve his skating a little bit, he would be the perfect complement for Jeremy Poirier in my mind.
1: So here is the Flames draft hall, unless something else changes and they acquire something else in the final ten or fifteen picks here. But the draft hall, as it stands with their slated picks, looks like this. In the first round last night, the Flames selected Samuel Hanzek of the Vancouver Giants at 16th overall. He is a forward, so he goes at 16. Uh, then in the second round, they the Flames go to Moncton of the QMJHL to select. select. Select defenseman Etienne Moren at 48th overall. In the third round, they head to the BCHL and the Penticton Vs and select forward Adar Suniev at 80th overall. Then in the fourth round, Jaden Lipinski goes to the Flames, 112th overall, another Vancouver Giants forward. So both Lipinski and Hanzek forwards of the Giants. They go in the first and fourth rounds. Flames did not have a fifth-round pick. In the sixth round, they go to... The goaltending side of things, and they go to Russia to bring in Yegor Yegorov at 176th overall, and finally at 208th overall, and their most recent pick, Axel Hertig, defenseman out of Rogla in Sweden. Those are your six picks for the Calgary Flames. Two defensemen, three forwards, one goaltender. That's the first draft class from general manager Craig Conroy.
2: Not some good balance in that hall where you mentioned three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. And you look at the vitals, only two of those picks are under six foot three. One of them is Etienne Moran at six foot, 180 pounds, so not undersized by any stretch. And the other is six foot two, 192 pound, uh, Adar Suniev from Penticton, a forward. So, Definitely, I don't know if it's necessarily a priority on size or if that's how the list just happened to unfold, but the Calgary Flames certainly got bigger at the 2023 NHL Draft. At least their uh, prospect pool has grown, and that's probably a a pun that you uh, you can groan at as well.
0: Yes,
1: absolutely uh yeah definitely some variety and going around the horn are the flames as uh, we move towards the end of the seventh round once the draft ends and we get to the final pick it is a mad rush i'm telling you the risers empty and it's like a it's like the front of a concert where this uh, barrier everybody's trying to get to different gms and then you're trying to well conroy's there and there's uh over there's bill Guerin, and there's tree living and there's dubis and so that's what happens as soon as the draft finishes all the media people go to the barrier and then all the celebrity general managers come up and they start signing autographs no then you start to get the the scrums and you start hearing from the different gms so that's what's happening that'll what that's what'll happen right as the final pick is made Uh, everybody will start moving towards the barrier and uh, we'll hear from director of amateur scouting todd button and we'll hear from general manager craig conroy get them both on with us live and get some exclusive chats with him. I'm really interested to hear uh, Todd's thoughts on this draft class. You know, he had told me on Tuesday that nothing really was all that different going from Brad True Living to Craig Conroy, GM to GM, because, well, Conroy was... an an AGM under tree so there wasn't a whole lot that changed in terms of their processes and the way that they went about things so a very very seamless draft this year for the Flames because not a whole lot was different in terms of the way they led up to things and partially that's because Conroy took over late and the, the prior season of scouting had all been under Brad Living as the general manager. So a, a pretty seamless transition, it sounded like.
2: Well, and Craig Conroy would have had a large book on a lot of these players going out and doing some scouting on his own. So, and, and completely, completely familiar with the amateur scouting staff of the Calgary Flames. So as you mentioned, it makes it a seamless transition. Craig Conroy, we've seen him on the draft four before. He hasn't been necessarily the one in the GM chair. He is now his first year as an NHL general manager. But the fact that he knows the organization, he knows the philosophies of the amateur scouting staff, he knows what he wants to do as a scout because he's gone out and done scouting himself. He knows what he values. He knows what he likes. So this was definitely a seamless transition from for Living running a draft floor to Craig Conroy I'm curious
1: floor. to see what happens next year and look I mean th- this stuff isn't of, of the highest interest to a lot of people like what they value in in scouting and what attributes they're really interested in and you know what is prioritized hockey sense here or character there size like you know not, not everybody's super interested in those things but I am really curious to see how things change as Craig Conroy enters his first season and how he starts to change things, if he changes anything. I know that he was very involved in the draft process before, so he could be almost perfectly satisfied uh, with the way they go about things. But I am curious if, if that changes and maybe certain things that they value become of higher priority or vice versa and if they change anything in terms of how they distribute their scouts and their areas and where they focus that's that's always of of great interest to me but you wouldn't have been able to institute those changes in the two months or whatever between craig conroy less than two months between craig conroy getting hired and um and and the getting to the draft there is a there is a trade that is happening these ones are these are the um the, these these are the less exciting trades because they're um they're just swapping seventh round picks so uh nashville and new jersey just made a pick of seventh round picks you got me all sidetracked like trade trade no, i get excited
2: round. by shiny things and loud noises
1: seventh round pick less i would i was you want to listen in to make sure that it's a not an important trade That was a trade involving seventh-round picks. Don't know where that would register. Anyway, all I'm saying is I'm really curious to see whether or not some of the, the different focuses change with Craig Conroy taking over because you wouldn't have been able to institute that stuff in the short period of time they had.
2: Well, just like he's going to be able to put his stamp and his philosophy on the roster of the Calgary Flames, and again, we'll have to wait and see exactly how that unfolds over the course of the summer, He'll have the ability to do the exact same on all levels of the Calgary Flames organization. That's going to include uh, the scouting process, what they rank and value above other attributes. Um, You know, We might even see a a change in tendencies in terms of where players typically come out of at the NHL draft, Uh, how they go about their development team and and what they want to focus on and, and the programs they institute there. Craig Conroy is now in the main chair. He is now the man. He is the guy that gets to dictate what the philosophies are through all levels of the organization and yeah it's tough to do that when you get the job of you know a month ago two months ago and you're already so far deep in the process as it is right now that's not to say you can't make tweaks and adjustments on the fly but Craig Conroy has the ability he has the responsibility to shape things in the way that he sees fit that's why they hired him to be the general manager of the Calgary Flames
1: uh just want to take this
2: this is the player Aiden Fink from Brooks thanks
1: everybody i just wanted to make sure we took that because as you hear now a round of applause
3: thank you david
1: that was david poyle who's now getting a round of applause on the draft floor right now that was david poyle making nashville's final pick of this year's draft tomorrow is david poyle's final day on the job as gm of the preds this man has uh Turn this city, turn this franchise into a premier destination in the NHL. And so Aiden Fink, cool, funny enough, a Brooks Bandits player. Um, very cool to see him drafted as the final player drafted by David Poyle. I wanted to make sure we took that because that was a pretty cool moment. Here in Nashville, awards, draft, his final day on the job today and he gets to make that pick, which is pretty neat. Congratulations to David Poyle, who started his NHL managerial career as an AGM with the Atlanta Flames, then the Calgary Flames, before moving on to Washington, and then, obviously, the last uh, 20 years or so as the GM of the Nashville Predators, and an incredible job he's done as GM of the Nashville Predators, including a trip to the Stanley Cup Final. They've hosted two drafts. That was uh, That was pretty neat.
2: Standing ovation on the draft floor, that's not necessarily a regular occurrence, in David Poyle, we heard a lot about it on Wednesday, whenever a team would come up and make their pick, the general manager would go out of his way to thank David Poyle, he's been a mentor to a lot of those guys that are currently on that draft floor right now, uh, very fitting, very nice, very touching that he had the opportunity to announce the final pick. Of the draft for the Nashville Predators at this point, and just a very touching moment. You're going to bet that that's going to be something that he remembers for a long time.
1: Now, the, uh, the what what they were announcing up there, which maybe I should have taken it. Um, what happened was New Jersey General Manager Tom Fitzgerald, who just happened to be Nashville's first ever captain, traded pick number two eighteen to the Predators, and uh, that is uh, that's how David Poyle and the Predators got their final selection. So uh, it was pretty neat. So that trade that we were talking about that uh, that you pointed See, shiny to, objects, you know, that shiny object might have been a little more shiny. Um, but what what happened was the Devils traded that to the Predators. Now I don't think it was so David Poyle could make his last selection but uh, it, may, it might have been but it was just cool tom fitzgerald first captain of the predators uh trades it to david poyle and then he selects brooks bandit's uh forward Aiden Fink, which is also cool uh Fink 5'9 153 goes 218 and he will be the final pick ever made by david poyle the gm of the nashville predators
2: it's just funny how i don't even know if i want to call it fade or just how the hockey world works but you mentioned the the captain Former captain of the Nashville Predators is on the other side of that deal to allow the GM that started the whole thing here in Nashville the uh, the ability, the, uh, the opportunity to step to the mic for one last time and make his last ever draft call.
1: Yeah, that was pretty neat, and I'm glad he got that standing O. So if Tom Fitzgerald did that on purpose, that is pretty cool of him. If he didn't, and it was just coincidence, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool happenstance as it all plays itself out. Uh, Brooks has uh, been pretty well represented here on day two of the NHL draft. They've now had three players selected. Most recently, Aiden Fink. And boy, has that Brooks Bandits team just turned into an absolute wagon over the last decade? What uh, what Ryan Papawana has uh, has done um and how he's turned that into kind of the premier franchise juggernaut i don't know is it with penticton it's the premier franchise in junior a hockey like i I don't know who who penticton and brooks who holds a candle to either of those two organizations and that's no disrespect to spruce grove's been really good and there's there's always some pretty good teams out in bc um sask and manitoba have some good years as they go through but Year over year over year. I mean Vernon's got their years, but Penticton and Brooks are just these powerhouses every single year. And you take a look at their oh they're here we are it's February and they're fifty two and nine. You're like, okay, yep, they're they're a powerhouse once again. Uh the job that, that Ryan and that group has done in Brooks is is pretty incredible.
2: What's amazing is the players that they've been able to get into their programs and it's not just winning year in year out because these teams suffer. Single-digit losses every year, it seems, and that's it. And you've got uh, incredible records for both uh, Penticton in the BCHL and Brooks in the AJHL. But it's also the players that they've been able to graduate, both to the NHL draft, to the college game, and more recently, at least for Brooks, and Penticton has a long track record of this, the guys that they've been able to not only put into the NHL but graduate to the NHL in some high-level roles. And you don't have to look any further than Kale McCarr, the Colorado Avalanche, the Calgary product. Um, both these programs that you mentioned in Junior A Hockey in Canada are absolute juggernauts.
1: Uh, Aiden Fink, the most recent Brooks Bandits player to be selected. He got selected by Nashville in the seventh round. Vancouver took Aiden Celebrini in the sixth round. Uh, he a uh, member of the Brooks Bandits. Um, and the first member of the bandits to be selected was hudson Melanowski, and he went in the fifth round to the toronto maple leafs so three members of that bandits team have been selected here in the second day and the last three rounds of the nhl draft so more bandits are making their way into nhl organizations which is pretty neat to see as well see i told you everything's starting to fill up this little this little uh, area between us and the draft floor is being populated by uh all of the different reporters waiting to get their microphones and recording devices into the faces of different general managers who will all make their way to the wall. Now there used to be a used to be that you could like wrangle people from the floor and get interviews with them as the second day of the draft is going on. That doesn't really happen anymore. No you can't really can't really call people over that. The, the day of working the wall, the days of working the wall don't really exist anymore, unfortunately.
2: No, and that's just sort of a byproduct of how busy teams are out on the draft floor. It might not necessarily be, see big swing deals, but the lists are constantly moving, constantly uh, not being reworked, but uh, being evaluated and seeing trends and what's going on where. It's not really time for a timeout on day two, as you mentioned. We're only a couple picks away from the conclusion of the seventh round and this thing just seemingly zips on by. I don't know um, how we felt about uh, rounds two through seven when we were together in Vancouver in 2019, but for me, this absolutely hummed.
1: This is, uh, this is about the same pace as usual. It usually takes about three ish hours from pick one until the end of day two uh to go through so i think pick one was called at about ten thirteen uh local time and it's one thirty one. so we're hitting it about th- we're not even three and a half hours in and six rounds are are almost wrapped up carolina just made the third to last selection pittsburgh and then the stanley cup champion vegas golden knights will wrap us up at number 224 and uh then we'll uh, we'll probably take a break after that we'll come back with some guests todd button and craig conroy will join us here on the draft floor i believe both craig uh both craig and todd are on flights in a few hours back to ontario for todd and calgary for craig and Development camp is going to be right after the draft this year. That's also really interesting. I believe Calgary Flames development camp on ice gets going on July 4th, which is Tuesday. So they will go right from the draft to Calgary, and then they will go right from being in Calgary. I think orientation might even be on Sunday, and they go right into fitness testing, and then on the ice at the coaching staffs on Tuesday. So draft free agency development camp it is still non-stop around this place it just never stops apparently
2: what i get a kick out of is if you pass a prospect coming to nashville for the draft or any city for the draft for that matter you'll see them with their hockey bag and you'll be like what are you doing and now it's like Oh, yeah, now the, there's a lot of teams that will fire it up even sooner than the Calgary Flames where you get back to your new NHL city destination. You're flying direct from Nashville to get there because you're going to be on the ice in two or three days and getting oriented with the organization, with the coaching staff, the development staff. You'll jump right into it yep. once you get drafted. It's, it's a, not just a whirlwind couple days when you hit the NHL draft and you celebrate and you get excited about what your future is going to be you get to right to work it's business right away for a lot of these organizations in terms of scheduling their dev camp Waiting for the final pick of the 2023 NHL draft as the
1: Pittsburgh Penguins just made the penultimate selection. They went to Finland for Kali Kangas. He is a six foot four, two hundred and five pound defenseman. And the Vegas Golden Knights will make the final pick of this year's draft, and uh, that'll then wrap us up. The Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights have uh, they made a first round pick yesterday? They made a few picks today, and uh, they'll wrap us up on this Thursday. Uh, Some programming notes for you. Flames Talk, we we might be able to put together an hour for you tomorrow for Friday. We might not be able to. We'll see. Uh, But uh, then we are back with Matty Rose and myself Saturday from the Scotiabank Saddledome for Free Agency Day. July 1st, we'll have uh, as much coverage as we can possibly bring you. We're starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday. We'll go from 10 till 1 for sure uh, and might have to go over 1 o'clock depending on how things go. We do have Jays baseball scheduled for you on Saturday as well. And then we're back to regular programming on Monday with Flames Talk uh, at 4 o'clock, so on and so forth. But uh, following this, the fine folks at Sportsnet today will take over. Uh, Logan Gordon will have Sportsnet today following our NHL draft coverage here in Nashville as Vegas is taking their sweet time with the final pick of the draft. This should be a fine. They should be suspended from the NHL. It is the final pick of the seventh round. They should not be able to run it down all the way to zeros. I just do what's best for your organization. But Bill Daly probably is thinking the same thing. There might be a trade to... Uh, to Seeing
2: some paper up there, yeah.
1: Let's see if there is a trade to announce. Hold on.
3: The Vegas Golden Knights have traded the final pick in the 2023 NHL Draft to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So this is pick number 224 to Columbus for a seventh round pick in 2024, which means Columbus will now have the final selection in the 2023 NHL Draft.
1: So Columbus now on the clock to make the final selection. Uh, okay, so there's one player left. The Columbus Blue Jackets really wanted to get their hands on. And with the final pick of the draft, the Blue Jackets make a trade with the Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, good on them. If there's a guy you really want, you make sure you go. And here goes the final pick. Quebec
4: Major Junior League,
1: Drummondville, Tyler Biddle. And you know what? that's pretty cool he's right there over to our right the final pick waded through 223 picks yesterday and today and finally got selected at 224th overall drummondville's tyler peddle 6'1 204 pound left winger out of the queue waited all that time, was still in the building. That was pretty neat. You heard the big uh, round of applause. And Look, there's going to be a few families who leave yeah. who came down here and, and didn't hear their name called, but for the Petal family, that's pretty neat. Yeah, you would have liked to go a little earlier, but he gets selected in the seventh round of the NHL draft. That's still pretty darn cool. That was pretty neat that he was still in the
2: building. And how long do you think those three minutes of his life were waiting for the Vegas Golden Knights to make a move they end up trading the pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets before hearing your name call. It's literally your last shot this year to get drafted. You hear your name call, you hear the cheers from the stands, and you know what? This isn't. This is a great pick in my perspective. We had him ranked number 69 at FC Hockey, 76 among North American skaters, NHL Central Scouting. So again, you can't help but feel good for the family. You saw, you heard the relief, you heard the excitement, and now he's a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets as the final pick in the 2023. NHL draft.
1: Yep, that is pretty neat, and uh, I'm glad that his family got to be here for it. Okay, that'll wrap it up. 224 picks in the books here from Nashville. That was a whirlwind day. It went by quickly, and uh, the Flames have made their six selections three forwards, two defensemen, and a goaltender. The Flames make the one trade on draft week or Throughout draft week, with the deal they made with the New Jersey Devils, sending Tyler Toffoli there for Yegor Sharangovich and a third-round pick. By the way, that third-round pick that they got back turned into Idar Suniev, uh, Suniev rather, of the Penticton v's when they selected him at 80th overall. Our draft coverage continues, and our draft coverage has been brought to you by South Trail Chrysler, where it's Jeep month at South Trail Chrysler with tons of Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, and Jeep Wranglers in stock. Visit southtrailchrysler.com. and it's been brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Summer's here, and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe, calgarylockandsafe.com. We'll take a break, come back, continue wrapping up. We'll hear from Craig Conroy. We'll hear from Todd Button all around the corner. That's as we continue from the draft floor at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. This is the 2023 NHL
0: Draft on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Now back to exclusive coverage of the NHL Entry Draft live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Okay, 224 picks are now officially in the books, six of them made by the calgary flames as we welcome you back to bridgestone arena in nashville the draft is all wrapped up the flames select three forwards two defensemen and a goaltender and that is their class of 2023 for the NHL draft in Nashville all wrapped up the man who oversaw the draft table from a scouting perspective the director of amateur scouting Todd Button with me here on the draft floor right now another one in the books Todd Uh, it was uh this time you had you had double the picks as last year a little busier than 2022 and another one all done how's it feel
4: feels good we got a starting lineup for a couple of years down the road. I guess <laughs> yeah, I guess you do. 3 2 and 1. Did not even think about that? Um how uh just take us through
1: as business as usual on the draft floor at the table for your group.
4: Yeah, it was uh it was exciting cuz like I said before the draft, we were going to get some really good players that are not only myself and Connie and the organization was excited about but the scouts and that's important, right? They work all year and they're excited and at the end of the end of the draft, they're all coming over. Let's get this guy. So we could have probably gone for a couple more rounds with our scouts. They yeah, were that, they were that excited. Uh, and I know that
1: uh, I know that Craig was uh, thinking about moving up, moving down. You talked about that a little bit after the first round, uh, but. You end up still getting six uh, six new prospects into the organization and i know that every year you're happy about your group you're happy about the guys you pick but how do you feel about the class of 2023
4: i feel really good about it um i think we were prepared to do a lot of different things and uh there was a lot of move movement while we we're sitting there waiting at 16 not movement but calls and you had to be as the kids say super aware yeah <laughs> and uh we were prepared and uh um, you know, we, we had to be patient a little bit. We didn't want to force anything. You know, the the it's easy to move up if you give up a lot, and we weren't really prepared to do that. So we were patient. We got a guy we really, really like, obviously, in Samuel Hanzik, and then uh, went back last night. And we didn't have much to do. Like our list was still in place. Um, we just the only thing we really talked about was uh, goalies. And then uh, the one thing with goalies is once the first one goes, they all go. Yep. And uh, like I think four went before our pick at 48. So that's the way it was. And then we just again we just went off our list. So it, it uh, you know from uh, uh, Moran to Suniev to Lipinski, and then we didn't have a fifth. And then um, Jordy got involved with the Russian goalie Igorov, yep. and then uh, our last pick, uh, uh, big big uh, defenseman from Sweden.